This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Anthony, Cody, Boezy, Jeremy, Odem Bones, Ali, Shining Donut 911, Nathan, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Danielle, Amy, Tia, Lauren, Dave, Jonathan, Scott, Kate, Alex, Isaac, and Karoon. And whether you support the show or not, if you want to hang out with us daily, get in that Facebook group and or Discord server where we are hanging out, like I said a second ago, daily. She's just mad about the realistic de- depiction of L.A. Not only is this a crazy depiction of L.A. It's also an accurate depiction of L.A. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think more heroes should wear a zoot suit. You know what? Agree. I, I also <laughs> think the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones were heroes, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, they are my heroes. I like how everyone defeats the predator in business casual. <laughs> It's gonna be an argumentative episode. Uh, some people here have not liked Predator Two, and some people are very nostalgic for it. It might be clouded by that. Who's who? <laughs> Find out now on another episode of <laughs> <The> Horror Virgin. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey, and I'm your Horror Virgin Todd. Which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week we have a very special Predator expert joining us, Blaine. <laughs> I thought you were going to introduce me. We have a very special predator. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Have a seat right over there, Blaine. What are you doing with that Alizé? Have a seat. (laughs) Blaine, I've been an actor the whole time. I do not want those strawberry (laughs) wine coolers. What you all can't see is I'm dressed in a full ghillie suit Uh in case Blaine runs. I like that of the four of us, we chose... Mikey to play the underage one. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mikey. I'm a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> it's me. I'm 15. It's a me, a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Blaine, thank you so much for joining us while we talk about Predator, Predator 2. 2. Of course. And just a reminder to the audience, my dog's name is Dutch. Predator 1 is probably... I gotta say, it's probably my favorite movie. So I have some I have some feelings about Predator too. It is part of the Predator franchise. It's also a very '90s movie. Yeah, but we'll get into it. It's not the worst Predator sequel, is it? Not no. For Alien versus Predator Re- Requiem's dog shit. Okay. Oh, oh, the Predator, absolute trash. Yeah, I have a soft spot for Alien versus Predator. Just you do have that soft spot. I don't think that one is good as good as this. Well, it's set up in this movie. There, there's that little Easter egg for it. So here's the unfortunate part of Predator. Too. It sets up a lot of stuff for Predator, like the different weapons. Yeah. The connection with Alien. It does much more with their culture. That's stuff they do really well. It is. I'll burn a fun fact. Part of the reason it sets up all that stuff is after the first Predator came out, they didn't know if they were going to make a sequel. So they actually did a run of comics that were very successful yeah. mm-hmm. that even include Alien versus Predator like that early. No shit. That's awesome. Yes. There's an arcade game as well. Okay. Okay. They take that IP from the comics and then try to go make Predator 2. Now, granted, for as much problems as the original Predator had on set and in pre-production and post-production, this had just as many. (laughs) Interesting. It goes through a bunch of different iterations. It has also been recut 20 times. Mm. So like, (laughs) like, there are things that are bad about it to begin with, but then it was recut 20 times and then it was cut again because the MPAA wanted to give it an NC-17. So... Instead of like changing some of the scenes, they just digitally altered them so you could see less blood, which is why the lighting in this movie is fucking terrible. It is bad. You can't even see what's happening most of the time. Yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, this 
was intentional question mark like right. were they just like filming rogue in a subway and didn't have time to light it because the cops were going to show up like i didn't understand it but whatever so the subway scene in particular comes from the comics it was a really really popular sequence from one of the comics and so they did it literally almost panel for panel in the movie oh wow but the mpaa was like you have too many decapitations in this movie. Like they specifically <sighs> called out decapitations, the which I find hilarious. <laughs> the MPAA is the worst. They are terrible. Fun police. Yeah. Super terrible. Yay decapitation. Boo MPAA. Boo MPAA. The, that subway <laughs> scene too is like, I don't know what version I watched or where I watched it. It didn't say anything about strobe hazards or anything. You know how they're like, if you're oh, yeah. photosensitive. Yeah. Because I was like, fuck, my head's like, oh God. Yeah, it's a lot of that. You're right. That's a longer sequence than I remember. I watched a lot of the TV edited version of this growing up. Oh, yeah. Which the only thing they think they really edited out was the naked woman. The boobies. Uh, well, there's also the the scene in the factory is also very, very long and very poorly lit. And a huge part of that is the decapitations where they would either dial the lighting down or they would superimpose the like heat vision. And the heat vision in this one's worse than the original. It it's is. damn near impossible to watch. <laughs> and so the reason there's so much more of it in this one is to cover up the more brutal kills that Stan mm. Winston designed that just kind of are lost to history, unfortunately. Sad. It, it's a bloody, bloody movie. Like they really it did is. take the gore and kicked it up a notch from the previous one because it's like it's gruesome stuff. That that net sequence, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, man. So let's do first thoughts. So what do you guys think mm -hmm. seeing it today for the first time or maybe for many, many times for Mikey and Blaine? This is my first time. It was my first time oh, wow. too, Paige. Yeah, it's it was one that I had always heard was crazy. And so I never watched it. I've seen some of the later sequels. Love Prey. Sad that we need this one to set Prey up because Prey is such a better movie. I feel like Danny Glover yells every single one of his lines. Yeah. Every single one, which is wild. What did you expect him to do? Act? This is Predator <laughs> 2. Honestly, Danny Glover is playing Samuel L. Jackson in this movie, <laughs> and I kind of don't hate it. But this movie is madness. Danny Glover is one of the least issues I have with this movie. Oh, this movie is racist as hell. Oh, dude. Sexist. Yeah, and sexist. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Also, you can tell it's been cut 20 different times because it barely is coherent. Yeah. You can barely trace a plot through this movie. In Fun Facts, I found a bunch of like records of deleted scenes and I was like, oh, that would have made way more sense. Like that explains yeah. like half this movie. Uh, but they hit the cutting room floor. Oh, I'm excited to hear that. I was going to say it's like the quintessential not great sequel to a great movie. Yeah. Like it just kind of hits all the points where it's like we just drag and drop these specific things into a different setting. And like it did a lot of stuff right. I like Danny Glover. Didn't realize he was as jacked as. Uh, yeah. He's a big dude. His arms were like huge and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, there's so many things that I did not age well. And this is like peak asshole Bill Paxton. Yeah. And like an almost unbearable bearable sort of way but he's supposed to be a good guy which is real funny yeah but i mean this is i think my second time maybe third time watching it because i just like i saw it once and i was like that's fine but i never want to watch again but it's still like it's just not a great sequel but it's fine it's it's fine <laughs> i mean is it a great movie no but is it a great time yes yeah. It is. And when I watched this in my dare class, because you know what Predator hates the most? <laughs> Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> no, are you serious? No, I'm not serious. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I 
was like, you made fun of me for having to do circus shit in school. But that's insane. But if, if I did watch a film and was like, an alien will come murder you because they hate drug use, I'd be like, oh, shit. Don't smoke those doobies. You'll get decapitated. Yeah, exactly. This movie, the pacing is cocaine-esque. Yeah. And it's like where you just snort up a predator and it's like, okay, here's a movie. <laughs> here's a gang war. Here's the predator just murdering people. There's some downtime for a funeral, but he's still being watched in the funeral. And then we're doing some more murdering and then it's over. Yeah, we're going to lightly explain how maybe we could defeat him with some sort of factory plan that has a lot of set pieces, but doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm. Watching it as an adult, which I haven't done in a while, if I'm a critical eye, I will say from a critical eye, it has some parts that are interesting i like 90s robocop demolition man la that this mm. takes place in <laughs> yeah it is yeah it, it fits in all of those 90s franchises or like those late 80s early 90s franchises i like that the bonkersness of the all of that but the, the you're right Paige. the government's plan of freezing the predator with nitrous oxide or whatever or no i um nitrogen liquid nitrogen or something liquid nitrogen remember. or something Super not a great plan. No. I was like, why do you need him alive to take his technology? Just kill him. <laughs> yeah, right? Kill him. Take the ship. Uh, and I, I remember, like, I knew that there was, like, a bit of a time jump, and it was kind of supposed to be futuresque. But I didn't realize it was made in 1990 and set in 1997. That seems like a really short time jump, though, right? It's like, very short. Yeah. But, like, and they didn't do much stuff. Like, it, it, you know when you watch a movie that's set in the future, and you're like, well, that doesn't look like the future. It just kind of looked like 1997. I think they nailed it. They had a bunch of, like, yeah. cool things on their guns like little attachments that you wouldn't normally have like laser sights and shit yeah but like they didn't have any like crazy computers or future cars no. well they tracked the predator the government did or whatever yeah and then the government's like they're in cambodia sudan and la's gang war and iwo jima yeah. The Predator was at Iwo Jima. Wow. That's the movie that I want to see. My grandpa was at Iwo Jima. I want to see that. <laughs> I'm just picturing that that statue with them pushing the flag up, and it's just a dead predator instead of a flag. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a flagpole with just like the predator head on it, like they're raising that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure we could Photoshop that really easily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that would piss off a lot of people. <laughs> that is probably true, yeah. <laughs> That's not offensive at all. I I mean, I get it. Like, There's a, dr there's a drug war. Those guys gangs are going at each other but the predator has decided to kill both gangs for some reason and then i didn't understand why that was the case i i think it was just he decided to kill everyone that was using weapons on somebody else because he yeah. kills a bunch of bystanders or later just because they're armed here's what i learned is that the predator didn't really hunt danny glover he was just like really obsessed with him like maybe a crush like never attacks him, just watches him. You know, I, they labeled I, him as a uh, uh, the lion. No, like like what is Batman? A vigilante. They they yeah. labeled him as a vigilante, yeah. and he did do some vigilante shit. Like he kind of saved some people. He brutally murdered people, but most of them kind of had it coming, except for the bystanders in the subway that just kind of had guns. It was yeah. weird. I think you're all forgetting the clear answer, and that's that the Predator is just a fucking nerd. Mm. He's not cool enough to do drugs with the rest of us, so he just decided to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. He's a narc. He's the school <laughs> shooter of this movie. Well, the movie tries to set up that like Danny Glover is like the best cop, so he's going to like hunt Danny Glover, but all he does is stalk him and doesn't ever attack him. No, and yeah. Also, Danny Glover's not the best cop. Danny Glover like lucks into not being killed and finding stuff 
like four different times. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what makes you the best. I guess. Luck. Well, lucky for you, Mikey, Bill Paxton makes his own luck or whatever the fuck he says. Oh, Bill Paxton. I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, dude. Bill Paxton looks like someone who would slip something in your drink at a bar. Like, that is his vibe the entire movie. This is just a grown-up version of Chet who joined the police academy. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Chet with too much power. Mm-hmm. But I sort of did love this movie, even though more than once yeah. I was like, oh, shit, did I fall asleep? And then I rewound it a little bit. I'm like, no. I was paying attention the whole time. It just doesn't make sense. Let's move on. It's just bonkers. Yeah, it was just all over the place. Uh, I laughed out loud when they transitioned from scene to scene with like, I think it was them investigating like a predator murder. And then it cut to that lady having sex with like the king of one of the gangs or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that was a pretty (laughs) like drastic cut. And I am here for this energy. It was wild. I will say, and I told Paige this before, I'll reveal it when we get to it in our discussion. I was really curious. I was watching the whole time to see what it could be. There is a shot in this that if I were to see it in real life, it would be legitimately the scariest thing I have ever seen in my fucking life. I had to rewind it because I was like, that's fucking horrifying. But because of the tone of the scene, it's not. But like if it had been if they just changed the editing around or if there was a different kind of movie, if I were to see that, I would have shit my pants on the spot. So I think in terms of the scares, they actually probably did them better than Predator 1. Is it a scary movie? No, it's an action movie. But like there are moments where I'm like, ah, fuck, like it caught me off guard. I was actually kind of like surprised. Dude, Blaine, the body reveal when they go into like the Kingpin's apartment in the sky or whatever after the Predators killed all them. We got to talk about that apartment when we get to it. It is like Legends of the Hidden Temple bonkers, but we'll get there. I mean, if you are a cocaine Kingpin and you love Legends of the Hidden Temple. That's it. That's the place. He's he's like trying to escape, but to get out, he has to assemble the Shrine of the Silver Monkey and he like (laughs) can't get it on straight. I also did not remember the Predator talking as much as it did. No, this was very new, I think. (laughs) And then Danny Glover calling him a P-word face. I was like, okay. (laughs) Dude, did they change the Predator's mouth so that they could have that joke? They did. It it looks much more vaginal in this film than it has in the past. Because when he said it, I was like, why would you call him a pussy face? And then they they show his face and I was like, oh, I get it now. That makes sense. Listen up, you racist. Not all Predators look the same. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. You're right. You got me. Yeah, that's the racist thing in this movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that is. Oh, no. Everything else is too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No. I was like, I'm I'm surprised Danny Glover's the protagonist, but I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Well, let's get into it so we can cover it scene by scene. We'll never get to the voodoo unless we get there. Yeah, we got to get there. All right, let's do it. So we open on a shot of what looks like the jungle from the first film, and we actually hear jungle birds screeching. But then the camera angles up, revealing that it is, in fact, Los Angeles in 1997. Yeah. The future. Like the 1997 that all video games went to, like Contra's future. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ultimate violence. Also, really quick. I'm so sorry. We just got into this. I think I loved the soundtrack because it's Alan Silvestri and he's fucking amazing. It's the same soundtrack. Like there's like even the yeah. Fallen yes. Brother Dead Warriors music. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The same, but not the same. Like I feel like the first Predator, because they're in the jungle, there seems to be a little more sense of urgency and a sense of kind of terror around it because they aren't near help. Right. They aren't near people. They're literally they clicks away hospital, from a hospital. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and so, like, the the kind of momentous feel of that soundtrack, I think, 
fits. But then when you just put it in the city and you're just like, well, the ambulance is already here. (laughs) (laughs) They came with an ambulance. I mean, it's going to cost him like three (laughs) grand, but like. The stakes are not as high. Yeah. (laughs) No, Uh, it does also reveal that it's 109 degrees, which explains why Danny Glover sweats through conservatively 75 shirts Mm. in this film there isn't a shirt he hasn't sweat through in this movie he's wearing 100 percent like cotton the whole time though he is and he changes multiple times and changes here's what's amazing to me because he keeps clothes in his office which i would too if i was if i was a detective because i feel like they never sleep i'm not a detective but i have clothes in my office the crazy thing for me is that he changes clothes multiple times and they all match that outfit. Like he yeah. never looks mismatched. I mean, what you do is you buy like two or three suits and then a bunch of shirts that'll yeah. match all the suits. Like that makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Those zoot suits are interchangeable, Paige. Yeah. I mean, that must be nice to to have an established societal acceptable wardrobe that you can do that with. Like, he looks like the hard-boiled detective partner of Dick Tracy with his outfit. Yeah. I mean, for the amount of sweat, yeah, he's definitely hard-boiled. And despite L.A. being a war zone, he was always kind of like ready to hop into an outdoor wedding if need be. Like, he never had yes. tactical gear or anything. It was always no. just like, no, I'm going to a restaurant that has a dress code. He had a ton of tactical gear. It, we've cut to his trunk like 14 That's times. That's true. It's in all snow. in his trunk. Sure. But it's not like he doesn't have like BDUs and camo pants and shit. Well, no, because he's a he's a believer in community policing. <laughs> I mean, there's something to be said for that. But if Danny Glover is your community policeman, you're about to have the F word screamed at you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, dig it. I was like, this this is a realistic reaction to what is happening. Dude, I loved his energy the entire movie. Like when his partner dies or Danny boy, and then he goes and physically assaults Gary Busey in the hallway of the police station. I was like, this is a proportional response. Like I, I feel like most people react to Gary Busey that way. That is how I would react to Gary Busey. Yeah. Also, did they do that thing where it was uh, they have they have like news correspondence and like in like TV news playing over the intro? to kind of set the scene. Yes. That's the hallmark of any great movie. Heat wave in the middle of a gang war, which when they put up the point totals for who's killed who later in this movie. Like it's a basketball game? Yes, and it's (laughs) assorted drug criminals and then good cops. Madness. Yeah. That's crazy. But I think that's them leaning into that weird like 90s like future stuff, you know? The ultra pro copness of the 90s. I mean, this movie might as well be sponsored by Dare. 100%. Yeah. 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 I don't understand why the Predator hates drugs this much. Because he's a fucking nerd, Mikey. He's not cool. He can't sit with us. Anyway, <laughs> so we close in on the city. There's an explosion. Gunfire continues. There are dead bodies in the street. Like, it is a war zone. Well, the news is calling for Marshall law yeah in la aka tuesday no i'm kidding it's, not, it, it's only that bad around elections well good thing those aren't coming up oh. <laughs> there are news crews interviewing and my favorite is the one news crew lady that's like it's an all out give me the fuck out of here (laughs) (laughs) they're like shooting at the news crews like they're so close they can actually see the people shooting at each other and then of course you have the one like stand in like this is all newscasters guy from hardcore news or whatever you see him he's established here yeah the vice correspondent yes Yes. yeah 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 yeah. that's (laughs) with them setting the tone of this one and it's like this isn't like a tactical commando crew very serious 
you know, scary horror, like this is a comedy. Like they're they're making jokes and stuff. Like yeah. they are. There there are jokes in this movie. Uh, or at least Yeah, shit happens. Jokes for us, <laughs> not necessarily jokes for the characters, but yeah. My favorite joke is when Gary Busey comes back and he's like, Guess who's back? And then he gets killed five seconds after he says that. Okay. We when we get to it, we will talk about that death because I have some fucking notes. Nice. The best part of that death is his upper body still hanging on to the meat. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And and dumping a bucket of blood. Yeah. Among all those fake sides of beef. In my mind, they found that body like rigor mortis on, still onto the cow. <laughs> Being like, he loves his porterhouses. Just like, <laughs> stuck onto it. Time out. This, this, I wanted to bring this up. Okay. They could have just poisoned the meat and been done with the whole fucking thing. Yes, because he's eating the meat. Yeah. Oh, my God. And yep. I was like, Gary Busey, Busey, why did you not just put knockout stuff in the meat or kill him in the meat? Like, And then you could have just had all Mikey, of this stuff. That's ridiculous. You know what's easier than that? Freezing him with, what is it, nitrogen? And they sprayed radiation into the air for some reason. <laughs> I was like, this seems overly complicated. We're going to give everyone in this room cancer and then freeze the predator with nitrogen. I was like, what? what? Poison's kind of a drug. And oh, the predator hates that. If he's not into drugs, he's a fucking nerd. So maybe he's not going to eat it. Well, I mean, I don't think he would notice it, right? Yeah, you could have roofied him right there. There's like way <laughs> more better plans that they could have enacted in order to capture this guy. Oh, yeah. And that's why his subordinate guy was like, well, they're all dead. Didn't really seem, you know, <laughs> too shook up about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we did our best. Yeah. <laughs> Time to pack up and leave. Anyway, so beginning of the movie, Los Angeles is at war. Gangs one side, cops the other side, dead cops in the middle. Yeah. And they are kind of panning through both sides. And Danny Glover rolls up, crashes through one of the like reporter vans. He hits the hardcore van, Paige. Yeah. yeah. This is exactly what I do on crisis calls right here. <laughs> oh, Mikey, I need you to barrel in there like you're a fucking bowling ball. Like, that's hey, what I do. my crime scene or whatever. Like, I tape bulletproof vests to the side of the car, but then I go use empathy. That was actually <laughs> really, really cool. So he rolls up and he's got a grenade launcher. Yes. Way, just like. It was the 90s page. Everyone had a grenade launcher on their gun. Everyone gun. had a grenade launcher. It's 199X, like the video game. It's very bad. That's the worst timeline. The president's daughter has been kidnapped. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, is this the movie Lockout with Guy Pierce? Because I low key love that movie. Well, there's that. I have no idea what you're talking about. You haven't seen Lockout, Paige? No. It's truly a terrible never movie. Even everyone heard of should Lockout. watch. Oh, the, the president's daughter gets kidnapped. She gets sent into outer space. Into a space station, Paige. What? Oh, I've what? seen this. Yeah. I love it so much. Like, Unfortunately, we don't have an action movie podcast, and it's not horror enough. It's not horror at all. I mean, it's horrible, but it's great. And I like Guy Pierce. I like Guy Pierce too. Yeah, who doesn't? But but you know what? He took that paycheck because that was a big budget movie. You're right, Todd. It was a huge budget they movie. They marketed the shit out of that movie too. And I was like, no one's going to see that. I nope. want to see that. But no one else is. <laughs> it had the girl from Lost around the time she was big too. Like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was a $20 million movie. Jeez. Anyway, uh, but yeah, everyone see Lockout because it's bonkers. It's on the level of this, but it was made like in 2010 or 11 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he realizes that he's going to have to go to the other side to kind of get the upper hand. Yeah. And so he has the riot shield. There's so injured they... officers down that he goes to save, I think, too. Right? Yeah, so he blocks them from being able to shoot the injured officers while they're going to like save them. Because they've been trying to get the injured officers off the street, but they've been like shooting grenade launchers at them and blowing away the shielded <laughs> guys. It's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. 
it's it's nuts but also this section that they do to try to get those two wounded officers costs them four officers yes because like four other people get shot and i was like you guys are bad at math what about leave no man behind do you not get paid yeah. but has any other movie felt more like a video game than this no mikey no other movie has made me think that we were watching you play out with your like action figures while you were watching another inappropriate movie on tv like i could even hear you like like making the sound effects as they're like blowing up and shit yeah, Blaine. <laughs> Let's get that one officer. Oh, there's four. The seven officers died getting that one officer. Well, yeah. but here's a predator. <laughs> <laughs> I do love how, like, during the scene, the predator is just like hanging out, watching the drama. Yeah, I love just it. like on Twitter, where people just post the popcorn meme. Like, yeah, that's the, that predator the predator for this whole scene. <laughs> well, this movie says that they just look at our society and they're like, trash. We go there to hunt them because they are trash garbage Hot trash i'm not sure they're wrong actually like the least surprising thing would be like there's a predator hunting people in a in like ukraine i'd be like oh that checks out oh just like in the forest though <laughs> yeah right that's what's killing all those russian soldiers i'd watch dan that. trachtenberg i got your next one let's do it so they make their way to the other side he ends up on the opposite side of the guys that they're kind of shooting at kind of gets the jump on them which causes them to flee inside the building right next to them. Yeah. They are then told by his commanding officer to secure the perimeter, but not to go inside the building. And they hear an explosion because inside my favorite character, El Scorpio, uh, <laughs> is rounding up his mm-hmm, men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The ceiling crashes down like the glass crashes down and then someone comes in and fucks them all up. We don't know who it is because it's just fast cuts and El Scorpio shooting and rubbing cocaine on his face. El Scorpio is Speedy Gonzalez levels of racist. Yeah. And he snorts cocaine and says some sort of catchphrase that's like, andale, andale. When he snorts the cocaine and then like holds his chest like he's like, oh, that <laughs> hit the spot. <laughs> he holds his chest like he just had like... Some chef made some chocolate, and he was like, oh, that is so I good. think he had gotten shot, so he dips his head in a mound of cocaine and then comes up. He's like, oh, and then he grabs some, and he puts cocaine and he rubs on the wound. into the wound. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. I didn't realize that you could use cocaine yes. as like a topical antiseptic. That's actually real you smart. Cannot. You cannot. Oh. Oh, you, you can't? Cannot. My bad. My bad. Okay. I mean, I'm glad we're covering this now because a lot of our listeners probably were going to use their cocaine that way and don't do it that way. You can only melt down bathroom tile and ecto cooler to really be the topical <laughs> cream. Dude, that, I can't wait to talk about that scene because that always weirded me Forbidden out. Forbidden jello. Fucking ecto cooler. That is a great call out from this time period. This movie is, this is my childhood. Because yeah. Predator 1 never was on TV because it was too expensive to buy the rights. This movie yes. was always on TV. Yeah, I can so imagine the, the rights bargain this bin. were super cheap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he does. He rubs it into his bullet wound. And then he just says, El Scorpio is ready. (laughs) (laughs) Madness. Uh, And he looks like bargain bin Danny Trejo. Like, I cannot stress how much I think they probably wanted Danny Trejo to play El Scorpio and couldn't get him. I don't think Danny Trejo was big in in 1990. In 90? Yeah. 97? No, no, no. This movie filmed in 89. So, like, I don't think he was a thing in 89. He had made a dozen movies by 1990, including Desperado and Heat. 
Okay. Oh. All right. He was on the up and up. Maybe they were inspired by Danny Trejo. Yeah. Honestly, Paige, if any movie was in need of a Trejo, it is this. Like, it yeah. does need yeah. Danny Trejo. Yeah. I mean, he might have read the script and been like, no, nah, man, this is way too racist for me. I'm out. Yeah. Oh, actually, it looks like Desperado and Heat were in the 90s. But before that, he had been in like a bunch of stuff. But still ah. young. But like, if we were remaking this today, 100% that's Danny Trejo. <laughs> Yes. Like, so they cocaine up to try and defeat the predator, but they're not supposed to go in, but they hear the, the explosion. So they do go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They first burst through a like a fabrication uh, store, like a place where people make clothes, but like manufacture clothes. Uh, there's no one there. And then they turn. And at the end of the hallway is El Scorpio. And he's just firing wildly. And everyone who fires guns in this movie does it limp-wristed which is wild because the guns just go everywhere it's like mcgruber firing guns well Paige, i don't know if you learned this while watching the movie wanted if you don't have a limp wrist you can't curve curve the the bullet so i think all he was trying to do scorpio was trying to curve bullets around people that makes sense to me i was just like dude stormtroopers are better at shooting guns this is wild yeah also most people who are firing them are also yelling which is funny to me like they're not at all (laughs) focusing or whatever they're just like they're not aiming at all They've done a lot of cocaine. A that is true. Yeah. They have done so much cocaine that they have decided to rub cocaine into an open wound, thinking it might help. The rules of guns against the predator in this one are also weird. And yeah, that we'll need to talk yeah. about because then I was like thinking, like, does he have a shield generator or something? But we can get into that later. My head cannon is that shotgun fired slugs that was able to penetrate his skin or whatever. Okay, mm. that does sort of make sense. Yeah. That's the only way I could have wrapped my head around that because he gets shot with pistols a lot and that does not do anything. Oh, he just eats them. Yeah. Yeah. And he seemed really surprised that those bullets penetrated at the time. Yeah. Who could have known? Who could have seen that coming? Who knew? I like to think that the table that El Scorpio pulls the cocaine off of was just craft services. Like it was not in the scene. <laughs> they were like, Scorpio, get back on set. And he was like, okay, oh, uh, let me rub the cocaine in my short. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, El Scorpio runs up to the roof and what we don't know is that he has seen the predator and he's running from the predator but they're chasing him because they think it's just him I mean when Scorpio comes out of the room into the hallway he is shooting into the room and we find mm-hmm. out yeah. that everyone in the room is like fucking dead ass super dead, dead. So I would assume he was shooting either at the predator or to get cover to get out of the room yeah and then he just turns and starts shooting at the cops because he sees cops but it's clear something was in there yeah yeah because I don't know if you know but drugs kill <laughs> Anyway, he runs up to the roof. Danny Glover follows. This is where we establish that Danny Glover is afraid of heights. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I did not remember that at all until this rewatch. He's like, why did it have to be heights? Yeah. I'm afraid of heights. I hate it. I, I'm afraid of heights too, Mikey. I'm with you on that one. I'm not afraid of heights so much I'm afraid of falls. Mm. And sudden stops near the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we see the Predator in somehow the Predator cloaking has gotten worse movie to movie uh, where it looks worse than the first one. Yeah. Well, we do see it minute two of the movie. Yeah, no, I know. But like the first Predator, it looks bad, but it doesn't look this bad. This looks terrible. Because it had like leaves and stuff. I think you could cover it partially. Better? Yeah. Him just standing on a roof, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, it's like harder edges and shit. Yeah. It just didn't. That's what it is. It's the harder edges because like the previous one was kind of more blurred. Yeah. And then this one, you've got the hard lines where they like, they didn't even go in and detail Roto. They just like. Fuck it. Yeah. Anyway, El Scorpio fires at the Predator and Danny Glover fires back. So El Scorpio 
falls off the roof. I did love when Danny Glover walks out there and Scorpio is like on the ledge. He's like, you either coming off the ledge or you flying. Yeah. <laughs> Because everything he says in this movie is madness and hilarious. A great catchphrase. Yeah, it is. Yes. Every like bit of dialogue that he says could be on a t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. honestly. So he runs to the ledge to kind of look over where El Scorpio has fallen on a Morisco's table like the table next to a morisco's truck literally just like a picnic table like yeah. there's no way that thing would have supported his weight hitting it from like seven stories up it would have collapsed oh he didn't break it yeah, yeah. but no it's fine it must be like a steel picnic table it could be it yeah. could have been a steel table i don't know you, it might be In the future it's the future it is the future it's next to a morisco's truck which means that it's probably just like a folding table although it looks like a picnic table but anyway i think yeah. it just has like the red and white checkered like it did tablecloth over it yeah yeah yes yeah the stereotypical italian tablecloth yeah. yes so the rest of his team kind of meets him up there and as he's kind of looking he senses that something else is on the roof and turns and there's nothing and he's like i'm losing it but his team gets there and he's like <laughs> get me off this damn roof <laughs> yeah. like, wait there was a food truck at the gang war yes everybody's got to eat todd that seems like the worst location todd there's multiple food trucks at the gang war there's the one that he almost hits which is seafood and then he accidentally shoots a guy doing street dogs and a guy that has like a cart that had a microwave on it. So he actually like there's multiple street uh, food vendors involved in this melee. Well, a microwave food truck is kind of a crime. Let's just. Yeah. Well, and he says he's like, they shot my microwave. <laughs> like He says it as a line. I was just like. What is happening? This movie is insane. There's a yes. bit of collateral damage. A bit. You can't make an omelet without breaking a few food trucks. Microwaves, <laughs> yeah. Breaking a few I do like that you're establishing that it's Danny Glover's like super cop and he has like keen sense and he's like able to find the predator, but then he kind of throws it away that he's like, ah, it's fucking hot out. I'm I'm having yeah, I'm going crazy. Yeah, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> So they go back inside the building to kind of get the lay of the land of where all the other Scorpios were. And one of them has just a full open chest cavity, yeah. yep. which is wild. Brutal. But there's another one behind him that's kind of thrown like a crash test dummy. And it's clear that it is just a dummy because it's in such an unnatural position. But they clearly dressed it with leftovers because it's wearing heels. Oh, like if you get a chance to go back and watch it, it's like booties with heels. And I was like, how would he have run in those? Uh, I watched Jurassic World. People can. Oh, that's some bullshit. And also, know. he didn't really run in those. That's why he yeah, did. He got flung you against the wall. You need to wear proper footwear when fucking around with a predator. <laughs> anyway, they're all like cut to bits, super gross. The glass is all broken. And they notice that there's like a blood pool, but there doesn't seem to be anybody until they look up and there's a body hanging from the rafters. Classic predator move. And the predator kind of disappears. Uh, but they're looking at it and they're like, well, it's up high. There's no rope, no ladders. You couldn't carry somebody that high. How do they even get anybody up there? But just as they're thinking about that, the captain shows up and is just like, what the hell are you guys doing inside? Like the feds are coming, blah, blah, blah. And he and Danny Glover just scream in each other's faces <laughs> for like a whole scene. I work a lot with police. 
This is pretty accurate. <laughs> Did they really just scream into each other's faces? Holy shit. Give me your badge and your gun. Like, this is very, like, 90s trope to me. Yes. Not now, but, like, in the 90s? I mean, like, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, Have you ever yeah. seen two government workers fight? They do yell at each other a lot. Mm. I've been pretty fortunate to not have to see that. Yeah, but now it's, I'm glad And I'm not know. even talking just police. I'm talking about, like, Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen a police officer and a firefighter out of uniform fully fist fight because they were not like it was like they were in gangs and they ran by each other and they were like, no, fuck the police department. He's like, no, fuck the fire department. And they fought. It was nuts. I trained them both. And I always start those trainings with a joke about the opposite people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, not like those firefighters. And I'm like, not like those police officers. Is it, the, is it the same joke? You just changed the tag for your audience? 100%. Mike, I didn't realize you were a professional comedian. Nice. That is amazing. Uh, you know, it's my day job. Anyway, so yeah, I have seen two government workers fight, and it was for literally no reason other than they worked for different departments. Wow. Yeah. I can always just be like, but things must be comfortable in that fire hall. And they're like, yeah. He kept calling the fire department guy a fire jockey. And I was like, that doesn't even make sense. They're Nothing not riding sense. the fire. What does that mean? It was nuts. I mean, the fire the fire department guy lost that specific fight. Let's just say. Oh, that. oh that's a bummer. Oh. I usually root a bummer. for fire. Yeah. My brother-in-law is a firefighter. He's like six foot six and just an absolute beast of a man. I think uh, I think he'd hold his own against a cop. <laughs> yeah, this firefighter was not the shouldery type of firefighter that I was used to seeing. He was a smaller. Mm. He wouldn't have been on a calendar, let's say. Right. So right. <laughs> the types of jokes I would be like, of course, he's big. He just sits around the firehouse and works out all day. Doesn't actually work. See, and then those jokes, they kill. Oh. As opposed to like, of course he's chubby. He just sits in his car all day eating donuts. <laughs> like, okay. Which is what you would do if you're training the other side. Uh-huh. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Do you know how fast you were going, Mr. Donut? Right down my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing you a ticket for being delicious. So is the captain in the movie, was he the one, or is this a different guy that we see at the office? Like a strangely attractive older man who I was yes. like, I feel like I've seen him in something. No, he's the FBI agent from Nakatomi Towers and yes, Die Hard. Uh, he's Big Johnson in Die Hard. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no, not that guy. Fuck that guy. That that's the guy that's directing the Hunter Biden movie. That's the guy from the movie. No, there's two. There's two. There's like one guy that screams at him, and then the guy in this scene who is shockingly attractive. This yeah, the captain's the, I think he was like Scaramanga in a James Bond movie, one of the the, the Dalton films. Yeah. Sorry, anyways, he, he's just like one of those like classic, he's he was, he's just like one of the bad guys in the Goonies is the one you guys are talking about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there, no, there's a different guy and it's the guy who's like, I'm arguing for you to keep your job, but then there's like a guy above them. It's, the movie does not clearly establish a chain of command in this police force. Well, no one wears a uniform. It's very hard to tell. He plays Fran Sanchez in the License to Kill movie. But yeah, no, he's, his name's Robert DeVee, and he's directing that one thing coming out called... Uh, My Son Hunter. Yeah, it's oh, like the, the new one Gina Carano the chick, one. Yeah, the chick from Mandalorian went on. Yeah. Oh, boy. That one. Holy shit. I just went to my son Biden's like IMDb page, and only the top five build people have profile photos on IMDb. Oof. That is Oof, a Magoo. bad sign. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. I'm going to pirate the shit out of it. <laughs> 
So uh, he basically is like, you get back to whatever uh, your Alvarado station. Meanwhile, a helicopter shows up and drops Gary Busey off. Uh, We cut to the Alvarado station, which is overrun. It's like a spirit Halloween exploded (laughs) in a police station. (laughs) It's got concrete barriers outside of it. Yeah, that's a real building. Like they filmed a lot of this in like downtown uh, but also at a time when downtown was really fucking dark. I knew I knew this was what L.A. was right. I was like, why do they have these concrete barricades outside the police station? OK, so a lot of famous buildings in both Los Angeles and Orange County were designed during the brutalist period of the 1960s, where concrete was widely used because it was an affordable building material. But it also fit into a very specific style. Mm. And a lot of them are designed by an architect uh, by the last name of Pereira. I forget his first name, but he designed most of UC Irvine where I did my first couple years uh, and also was the setting for, uh, I think it's Return of the Planet of the Apes, whatever the fourth original Planet of the Apes was. Mm. Um, and it's a lot of that same kind of look where it's the bigger kind of concrete pylons and stuff out front. He also designed LAX originally, like oh. the kind of like spider thing that's over LAX. And a bunch of buildings downtown. So cool. there you go. That's why that happens. It's just a stylistic feature of Los Angeles, but also convenient to graffiti on. So great. have at it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Anyway, so it's the craziest police station I've ever seen. And it's purely just like a lobby where they've just set up cubicles. I think you mean open concept. <laughs> yes, I do mean open concept. <laughs> But there's no one like checking people in. There's no there's no barrier. There's just cubicles of detectives and people are just like, say, detective, my license is valid is what one of the girls is saying. And I was like, first of all, that's the DMV. Secondly, like what? And then there's a guy that's dressed like a very stereotypical pimp outfit next to a guy who's in like a rhinestone cowboy outfit. And then multiple, like, clearly meant to appear as sex workers, but, like, enough to not have extra nudity in it. It is a wild police office. Again. I think what you're saying, Paige, is it looks exactly like every police office did in 1997. This movie nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In L.A., in L.A., yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. what I mean, yeah. Anyway. In the police station, he goes to talk to the director of whatever his precinct is, not the guy that was at the actual crime scene. This is the hot guy. This is the hot guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, yo, like the FBI is all up my ass. And he's like, I get it. I get it. But it's a war on drugs and they're taking it seriously. So you kind of have to cooperate with them. And he's like, fine. And he's like, they're got it. They got to stop the voodoo gangs from taking over the West Coast. And I was like, I'm sorry, the what gangs? What is happening? This is a video game. It truly is. It's not even a video. It's like, it's so funny because in fun, when I was doing fun facts, I was trying to, I was like, why did they choose this? And then there was this article from the time where it's like voodoo gangs invade New York. And I'm like, they definitely weren't like, this is definitely some, some nineties war on drugs, like satanic Satanic panic panic bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was, it was full bullshit. Of course. Um, So this is based completely on nothing. This is nineties QAnon is what this is. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. And so he's like, well, fine. I'll cooperate with them. 
but as he moves through the office, he does meet Bill Paxton, who is their new transfer, who first starts out trying to hit on Lenora or Leona. I'm sorry. They're one female uh, staff member. Oh, God. Such a bad scene, dude. Dude, there's a shot in this scene that made me insane because it's shot from inside the office into the hallway yes. looking at Bill Paxton. The glass. Yeah. And yep. you can see the glare from the window behind the camera. Yep. on the glass yeah and all you have to do to not have that is turn the shades so the shades yeah. are closed like that would have taken 30 seconds to fix and they just didn't from a director's perspective i th i want to say that they did a lot of long takes and probably just like did these for coverage and they were just like oh yeah yeah like this is how the blocking will go and then you guys will do it out there and they probably meant to pick up that shot but maybe they were running behind or something because it's an absolute atrocious fucking shot. You yeah. can't see anyone behind the glare of that glass. And there's no one in front of the glass, like looking out. It's just like no. that window and them, and you can't see them. It drove me insane, Blaine. Yeah. So I'll burn a fun fact. They had to film this movie in four weeks. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> they did a great job in four weeks. I mean, honestly, <laughs> if you think about it, if you uh, factor in the time they took to write the movie, that means they did it in four weeks in a day. <laughs> That's amazing. They actually, they had, it was something like four weeks in pre- and then four weeks in principle to do this movie. That is not a lot. Why was it like that? Um, Because they were trying to accommodate schedules and were trying to push it by a certain day. Mm. But that meant that two crews had to work simultaneously. So like they were filming the bulk of this movie while sets were being built for the next section. Wow. So they never got a day off filming. They filmed for four weeks straight. That explains a lot of the long takes that yeah, they had. So Bill Paxton hits on Leona and she grabs his testicles and is basically just like, I'll fuck you up. Like, don't even think you can hit on me. Bye. Yeah. But it's like a classic like 90s like hitting a man in the testicles is so funny and peak comedy. Hilarious. And then after that, they leave and then Danny's like, oh, you're bad. And then she's like, I'm going to get your balls too. And he's like, stop. <laughs> and then they run out of the scene together giggling and it felt like an improvised little add-on. And I was like, this is shit. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> we, really, we really shouldn't be talking this much about balls in the workplace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. 90s. Balls are the workplace. <laughs> Cojones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but Bill Paxton walks into Danny Glover's office and just goes, is that bitch on the rag or what? And I was like, oh, did God. we say this in a movie? It hurts so bad. Mikey loves this movie. <laughs> I do. I do love this movie. We should pay her 31% less. Know what I'm saying, boys? Oh, it no. physically hurts me to hear that line and say again. It's like, I couldn't say it. Ironically, she's not on the rag because she's pregnant. Oh, that's true. And it saves her life. Mm -hmm. That baby saved her life. Who's, yeah. Who saved who, Blaine? Who saved you? <laughs> That's what I was going to get at. But I, <laughs> I heard you going there, so I just helped you out. Yeah. She's now in charge. Well, I guess Danny Glover's still in charge of that whole unit, but she comes back. I mean, do you think that he goes back to being a cop after knowing that aliens exist and he has a gun to prove it? Or do you think he hits the conspiracy theory circuit and just starts taking speaker's fees? Uh, cops hate illegal aliens. <laughs> 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 you and your right wing propaganda, Mikey. <laughs> he does come out of that that fucking alien ship, and he's like, "That guy's like, hello," and he's like, "Okay, well, I'm just gonna leave. You look like you've seen some shit. Get out, get out of here." Bye. So 
Danny Glover gives him, he, he first of all completely ignores the like, is she on the rag? He's like, shut up, sit down and let me give you a speech. And the speech is it's basically like. the only like, speech I got. Yeah, be a team player. All right, get out there. Like, like, that's basically it. That's the whole thing. That is the whole thing, Paige. Like, that yeah. is the whole speech he gave. And he's only going to say that one time. Once. He'll never again say, be a team player. Never. Because you know what happens the second time? He shoots you. <laughs> Is that what happens, Mikey? Yeah. There's just so many moments and so many like pieces of dialogue in this movie where it's like one of those movies that you could imagine playing in the background of a real movie. Yes. You know, it's so bad and so like just f- mind shit onto a script, you know? Do you remember in Scott Pilgrim, there's the fake Chris Evans movie in the center of it? Yes. Where there's an explosion and he just like limps to a phone booth and he's like, you listen good. The next thing you'll hear is me hanging up and then pulling the trigger. That's this movie. Like, yeah. This is that, basically. Which would explain why the next scene we cut to is uh, an exterior shot into the apartment of the rival gang uh, where we hear terrifying sex noises. This is that that cut that I was like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah it was yeah, so yeah. crazy. I guess it does cut from the police station to this woman just like, fucking the hell out of that rival drug kingpin whatever but also screaming while she's doing yeah. it yeah because yeah, he's doing it right he is he's doing, doing nothing he's just, he's just laying yeah. there that's the right way he's the <laughs> pillow princess mikey look he is the mcdonald's play place of her children's birthday party that's a, not a great metaphor, yeah, but yeah, you guys yeah. get I what really I'm saying. I really hate everything about that specific sex metaphor. Please never mention McDonald's play place in describing sex ever again. Oh, so I guess we can't talk about weird places we've had sex, Paige? Fine. <laughs> oh my God, if you have sex in a play place? For, for statute of limitations reasons, I Todd, can't answer no. Oh, oh God. Todd. Of course I haven't. Why would I go to McDonald's? Why is there a stack of Happy Meal toys behind you right now, Todd? Do you call your pants the ball pit? <laughs> okay, better metaphor. Okay. He's the hamburger. She's the hamburger. Like, he's static. She does all the work. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't make it great. It makes it great for him, I guess. I guess. I remember watching this movie when I was a kid, and that's what I thought was cool about this movie, was this scene, (laughs) being a teenager, and I was like, wow. The height of sex, having sex under a woman on the set of Legends of the Forbidden Temple. The Hidden Temple. (laughs) Yeah. When you have eight Aztec-esque columns in your apartment, (laughs) you don't have to work for sex. Oh, yeah. He's definitely having sex in the middle of a rainforest cafe. Uh, That's fully what it looks like. Inside a fake pyramid in like a Las Vegas casino themed around South America. That's what this looks like. Nothing you just said sounded bad. What you don't know is the kingpin or whatever. It was actually Kirk Fogg. (laughs) 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 So of course he had a Legends of the Hidden Temple themed apartment. Yeah, bedroom. There's Um, like eight people who are going to get that joke. He was the host of that show. The host of that show. Wait, so is this one of the dudes in the original gang? Because the other guys come to his place, right? Yeah, so this is, I think, the head of the the Scorpios. Scorpios. I don't think he was there that day. I think he's like their boss. He took a PTO, yeah. Mm. PTO. Uh, and then the the Jamaican voodoo gang comes to his apartment. Haitian. Which, Haitian. No, it says Jamaican. 
in it does the movie say Jamaican. multiple yeah. times. That checks out because it doesn't check out because Voodoo is Haitian. Weekend at Bernie's Two also takes place in Jamaica, where Voodoo is involved and reanimates Bernie Lomax to dance to find treasure. That is also historically inaccurate. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you calling the bulletproof <laughs> plot of Weekend at Bernie's incorrect, Paige? That's the sequel. That's the sequel. <laughs> oh, sorry. Forget me. Forget me. It is. It is a misnomer to be like Jamaicans equal voodoo. That's not yeah. accurate. <laughs> That's not a thing. Like if this movie took place in New Orleans and you had a Haitian gang that was maybe participating in some naturalist religions. Sure. Then then that makes sense. The fact that a they're in Los Angeles and b that it's Jamaican makes zero sense, especially when in Los Angeles, you could have just had one gang doing brujeria or cool stuff. Like, we have our own religion that scares white people. It's not mainstream enough. It's not scary enough. But at the time, it was voodoo that scared white people. Right. And I guess Jamaicans? I don't know. I, that it I don't so understand weird. at all. But it was Jamaican me crazy. Nailed it. <laughs> it's it's just all kinds of bad. It's clearly written by people who did zero research because they were mm-hmm. writing this in between rails of cocaine on a very tight schedule. Yes. It's the only thing that could fix their deviated septum page. Well, then I'm happy for them. <laughs> anyway, they come in, they interrupt, they light a whole bunch of candles and then they hang that guy upside down and they're going to cut his heart out. And they're a little low for that. Yeah. Well, they well, do high. Kind of... they're, they're in the stomach. Yeah. Because I don't think they get the chance to. Does that make sense? I think they get interrupted. I think they would have. Cut... No, they, they stab him. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if they cut his heart out. Yeah. I think they were uh, going to because it does say later that they're going to. But yeah. I worked on a shoot one time where we strung the actors up upside down mm-hmm. and they only were able to be upside down for, I think, three to five minutes at a time. All of the actors after the thought after the fact, all of their blood had gone to their head and they burst vessels. So their faces were all completely bruised and swollen after the shoot. Yeah. So like I was thinking about that the entire time this scene and that guy was upside down for a lot of long takes. I think it's a dummy at some point. I I I was thinking the same thing because I was like that guy would be fucking dead. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that'd be brutal. Anyway, so they first of all paint him with blood with chicken blood using Mm. a chicken foot, which is kind of creepy. Yeah. And then they go to stab him. But just as they do, they see the red dots on them. And the predator comes in through the roof again. This is the second glass roof he breaks through. And we're like 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Yes. Not the last. Yeah, not the last. It's going to happen again. He's got the arm cannon. We've got the wall net. He's got his like Wolverine claws. He's got a giant spear that comes out of nowhere. And then he learns how to say the phrase shit happens. Yeah. And then shoots little like claw thing that they're going to find later. But he leaves the woman alive. I think because she's unarmed. Yeah, exactly. It's the same reason why the main girl on Prey, why she doesn't get killed initially is because she doesn't have a weapon that she can use, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no honor in it. Right. Exactly. Yep. Also, the the net scene in this, they cut away. They do. Way too early because I'm pretty sure that that was probably part of the rating thing because it was like, yeah. oh, that was a dummy that was about to just pop like a thing of jelly. Yep. Uh-huh. I love that we get that in Prey, though. Like in Prey, <laughs> yeah. that yeah, dude absolutely. gets diced. It's amazing. Grated cheese. Yes, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Prey runs because Predator 2 crawls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know if you saw my video of my new food processor, but it does that. It makes like perfect squares. Oh, yeah? Hell yeah. yeah. We should throw a trapper in there. So now you're in support <laughs> of cannibalism, Todd? Like before, you've been giving us all this I've shit. I've always said if the meat is ethically sourced, I would try it. This McDonald's play place fucker's getting real weird. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> My new favorite nickname for Todd. <laughs> also, join the yellow shirt club, you fucking loser. Oh my oh, god, everyone's club. wearing a yellow shirt but me. Yeah. And I just noticed it. You purple bitch. <laughs> I'm wearing my purple Twitch hoodie, yeah. Yeah, we were like, hey guys, if you haven't fucked at a McDonald's play plan, wear a yellow shirt at the recording. <laughs> <laughs> never have I ever. <laughs> I never robble robbled a bitch at a McDonald's oh play plan. Did she grimace? <laughs> Did she grimace if you're doing it right? <laughs> anyway, so they arrive at the scene. Uh, the reporter's there, and then the, the cops arrive at the scene. And this is where they see that they were supposed to have like, taken the guy's heart out. Um, but they're looking around and they're like, I don't think this was the, the Colombians that killed all these people because that's the rival gang, I guess. Um, they're like, it's something else. And this is where they spot the spear tip in the vent, which when we see them retrieve it from the vent later, it's so high up that I'm like, there's no way they would have seen that standing down in the base. The way he goes to retrieve that, it's Danny Boy that goes to retrieve that. Right. He climbs up like a pillar in the room. Just like the hidden kill to temple. Yeah. It is. Right. Yeah. And it like reveals that there's like, this is like a two story room. The first yeah. story is the room, and then above right. it is like air conditioning and vents and shit like that. Yeah, but there's yeah, no yeah. like drop ceiling between that. Did right. the predator? Did he like misfire, or did it ricochet? I think it misfired. I think he got knocked and it misfired. Okay. So I have a theory about this predator. In prey, I thought he was a young predator. Or whatever. Yes. This predator, I think, is like the drunk uncle predator. Okay. Oh. And that's why when he died, like no one was surprised in the ship. They're like, uh, <laughs> he was getting sloppy. Yeah, he's like, that's our drunk uncle. So was this like a bachelor party for the predators and they all just yes, went out to Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah. And this guy was like not super invited, but kind of invited himself. And mm. which is why he says like shit happens a lot and like no one likes him. And, <laughs> and he doesn't do drugs because all of his friends are doing drugs. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no thanks. He's like, I have to be the DD. Yeah, I kept thinking through this movie because the thing about Prey versus this movie is that like no one is really clever in this movie. They just shoot until something works. Yes. Yep. Uh, have you been to America? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how much more would I like to see the character from Prey versus this predator, even in this setting? Because she spends so much time really like thinking through how to defeat that predator. Yeah. And yeah. no one does in this movie. It's, uh, it Gary Busey did. He just went a very wild direction. <laughs> very with it. different direction. But yeah. even that, though, I think that they were using information that they had recovered from the survivors of Predator 1. Yes. Yeah. So like there was very little like problem solving involved. It was, yeah, like these guys are just dumb fucks. Yeah. Which is kind of my favorite part of like a good Predator movie it's something that i think the first predator and prey have in common yeah is you have characters that are like i can outsmart it like that's how i'm going to have to win 
And then this movie, they're just like, I don't know more guns. Like, I don't what's going to happen. Predators does the same thing where there's like there's a process behind like Adrian Brody's character figures out that they're hunting so that he uses them as bait. And he's like going from a distance and stuff like that's the fun. And the predator is also participating in the hunt. And that is not the case in this movie. Well, because he's drunk uncle. He's not really hunting. He's just like wakes up, passed out wherever he is and kills 13 people and then passes out again somewhere else. (laughs) You know how everyone's drunk uncles are. Yeah, he thinks Danny Glover's the stripper, so he keeps following him around. (laughs) I mean, he does keep taking his shirt off, so like, there's that. But at this point, one of the reporters breaks in, so they try to escort the reporter from the crime scene, and then Gary Busey's team shows up, and they're just like, get the fuck out of our crime scene, for some reason. Because it's their crime scene. They have jurisdiction, because they're like the feds or whatever. I guess. Yeah. But out on the street, after they've been kind of expelled from the crime scene, Danny Glover sends Bill Paxton to tail Gary Busey's team. And he sends Danny to go back in and get the thing that's like stuck in the grate. And he's like, I'm going to go look around and figure stuff out. But like, we all have our assignments. Break. Team. Or whatever. Meanwhile, they find out that the girl that they recovered from the crime scene has been airlifted out and not at any hospital she is with Gary Busey's team, so they yeah. can't talk to her. Like, you you see, like, I guess it's Bill Paxton or Bill Pullman or whichever Bill it is. He got footage of her, like, getting in that same silver helicopter that they showed right. up in. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut to Danny, who goes through the crime scene to try and get that thing out of the vent. Uh, and he climbs up there. He does get it. Uh, but literally just as he gets there and gets the, like, I guess, clamp spearhead thing, the predator is there, catches him and drags him up. We see his necklace fall and blood drip to the floor. Yeah. We cut to the police station where they're reviewing videotapes of excessive force uh, where they're like Danny Glover and they've got like charts of his excessive force. (laughs) It's so funny. I was just like, what is this? So this one, you've got the like the crazy uh, directing that Hunter Biden movie guy. But then you've got the hot guy next to him who's just like, what about the 10 commendations for valor? And they're like, that's the only reason you still got your job. Yeah. Essentially, they would have charged him with Danny's death because he told him to go. If you looked at the chart, though, it was like you killed these 10 people, excessive force, but you saved the judicial system like one point three million dollars in man hours. So really, Oof. it's a toss up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, they basically are like, you sent Danny to go find, to go back to the crime scene or whatever, and he dies. So it's kind of on you. And he's like, well, I'm going to find his killer. We came up together. Whoever killed him is going to pay. And so he like runs out into the like station, chases Gary Busey down and just throws him up against a pillar and is like, Stay the fuck out of my way. And you're just like, okay, shit. It's so cool. (laughs) Honestly, is exactly what he should have done in that moment. Yeah. Go attack someone who's not at fault for your partner dying at all. Right. They're called emotions and they're hard. (laughs) Well, here's what's also really interesting in this scene. So he throws him up against the pillar and you would get a, a kind of a view of his tie clip. And he's got what looks like Dumbledore's army, just like a tight, like a triangle with symbols inside it. Mm-hmm. That's actually from a deleted scene in these movies where Gary Busey is not the Fed. He's trying to find the Deathly Hallows. Gary Busey is is a specific like alien task force. Oh yeah, I got that from this movie, oh, like the Men in Black. Okay, yeah. I figured with their special helicopter, they haven't. Yeah. Edited they're always like, there's that special helicopter. I'm like, it just looks silver. Yeah. So there's whole extra scenes that get cut where his team 
found Arnold Schwarzenegger and like interviewed him and they've been tracking the pre- it's like a whole bunch of stuff and most of it hits the cutting room floor except for one or two scenes on the screens in their van later that actually cause people to be credited in the movie even though that's the only scene they filmed okay so, cool yeah but so that's why if you see he's got a pin and then the other guy has like a sweatshirt so like that's their weird triangle logo. The other guy got the lunchbox. I get it. There's footage of Anna from one and she's in one that's of those it. shots. Yeah. So that, I guess that was what inspired the same thing in The Predator. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but like no, it's Jake Busey, Gary Busey's son oh, wow. playing the same character, but the son of that guy. Yeah. Wow. It's a very big misstep. Anyway, so he freaks out, throws Gary Busey against a wall. He lets him go. And he's Gary Busey's like, you don't know what you're dealing with, which he doesn't, to be fair. Yeah, he does not. And at no point is he like, great, can you tell me something? (laughs) He never is like, what am I dealing with? That's not what men do, because they're always dealing with themselves and they're not good at it. I guess. It is interesting that he has zero questions about what the predator is to this person who's been hunting predators. Like, all he wants to do is throw him up against the wall and yell at him for killing his partner, which Gary Busey did not do. No. No. You should be like, hey... What is it you guys are hunting? Yeah. Can't project like that. Yeah, I guess. But we cut to them watching the news and there's footage from inside the crime scene. And this is where they put up the count of assorted drug trash versus good cops. Yeah. Y'all, the war on drugs was not good for this country. And it's like ending now, but like it was not great. It, I mean, it's ongoing, but yeah. Holy shit. What? Paige, if you had to guess... How many movies El Scorpio has been in? Make a guess. What do you think? 40. Okay. The accurate answer is 216. Holy shit. As an actor? No. Or just as like a sorted crew? He's a stunt guy. Oh. Okay. 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 He's actually Danny Trejo's stunt guy. Honestly, (laughs) probably I bet you could find some crossover. His first credit was in stunts for a movie called RPM in 1970. But he's done 83 things as an actor. Like, he's done a bunch acting, too. Like That's impressive. It really is. Anyway, this is in this is where they all kind of meet up in a bar. Yeah. And Bill Paxton's like, I lost them in the meatpacking district. And he's like, well, I think they found what they're looking for. So we're going to go to, like, the. I guess they're all going to kind of meet up near the meatpacking district for reasons that don't fully makes sense he's trying to explain it. he's like i think keys found what he was looking for and we're like how what do you mean like how did you come to that conclusion he Doesn't sent matter. bill paxton to follow the yeah but bill paxton lost them so like did he lose them in the meatpacking district maybe he just lost which warehouse they went to he lost them in the meatpacking district and he's like then they disappeared i couldn't find them anywhere well i mean they are kind of like covert in one of those semi trucks so maybe that's what it is but they basically at this point in the movie they just agree to go to the last place they saw them mm. because danny glover says like i think he found what he was looking for and we're like did he i don't he had footage of them there like with the silver yeah. helicopter but like gary Busey was like spiking the lens like it looked like they saw bill paxton filming yeah yeah <laughs> anyway uh he tells them to take the metro to that meatpacking district and he'll meet them there mm-hmm. what a shitty boss <laughs> i'm gonna drive over there y'all take the subway by the way to, just to give you a little bit of insight into our, our terrible infrastructure driving to where they're supposedly going would take 30 40 minutes of traffic is bad the metro an hour and a half two hours <laughs> like 
It's not efficient. And there's actually not a metro that goes directly to where they're trying to go. Here's the thing. When I saw this scene, I expected this was like, this was future. Like this is like a, a subterranean yeah, yeah, yeah. bullet train. So that's why I kind of gave him some leeway on this one. It's in a future where Elon Musk actually did the whole fucking the subway thing. thing. Anyway, so we cut to uh, Gary Busey's team and they're watching video of where they think the predator is and they're basically saying that they're ready for testing but because we have no indication of what they are or what they do because all that got cut out the scene makes no sense they're just like checking telemetry power up on uv banks ready for testing and then the scene ends and you're just like what well because the next line was are the pheromone cameras working and you would have been like what, <laughs> the, like, what? <laughs> the fuck <laughs> like, yeah so they just cut that they're like let's save this for the very end we don't want people walking out 30 minutes in we track him by his farts <laughs> if it farts we can follow it <laughs> if it farts we can hunt it <laughs> So we cut to the medical examiner's office where, Mikey, did you notice what Bill Pullman knocked off a shelf? No, what? It's a jar with a brain and eyes in it. It yeah. looks like ah! the uncle in Blood Diner. <laughs> it does look like the thing from Blood Diner. And it breaks. It like shatters. Well, they did that with yeah. Foley. He just sets it down, but they like make it sound like it fully shatters. It's probably the same universe, you know? That's hilarious. I do believe that Danny Glover is a practicing member of the Sheetar religion. Yes. Well, if Sheetar really got loose, this was the hell that would be Los Angeles' future. <laughs> there you go. That makes sense. Because that sense. is in L.A. too. Yeah. I do like the little German doctor lady that they had. I thought she was a fun little character. Yeah. She was fun. She's only in the two scenes of like, I can't do it. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, she just need a pep talk. But basically, she tells them that Gary Busey's team is like not letting them see any of the test results and they're pulling their samples and all kinds of stuff. But she also magnifies the little clippy thing that they found in the air vent. Uh, and they're just like, they all they do is magnify it. We gain no information from it. <laughs> no, there's no known elements known to man, something <laughs> or another. Yeah, nothing. But they leave the medical examiner's office. They walk out into the street. And who should pull up but a gold Cadillac with zebra top. And they just go, the Jamaicans. <laughs> I was like, what is It's this? the uh, Jamaican like kingpin, right? It, it is, but it is madness. It yeah. is racist madness is yes, what it this is. is. And we reveal that the predator is perched like a gargoyle on a skyscraper. Like the cartoon gargoyles. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Is this where he gets struck by lightning? Yes. Holy fuck! I remember that. I was like, "Why did they do that?" Um, it was supposed to. Spoiler: This was supposed to take place in New York. It was supposed to be at the top of the Chrysler Building. This was supposed to take place in. Was this footage shot before principal photography? Is like tests footage or no so this is actually on a skyscraper in los angeles that does exist or at least right. a, a replica of it the original script was supposed to take place in new york but they couldn't afford to film in new york so last minute they changed it to los angeles there's so many establishing shots of los angeles though like in a way that like it's so this is la you know well, it is because they, they changed it before principal photography, but like literally like but that shot maintain. That's so weird. Sorry. I don't know. I'm getting caught up on weird details, but also like the electricity from the lightning does nothing to the predator. Like, no, he gets struck by lightning and he's like, fuck. Yeah, this is dope as shit. I'm so <laughs> drunk. Let's go. LA. I, I know. I, I just don't understand why they needed to show him getting shot by lightning. It's like it was just such a weird, silly thing. Yeah, it is. But. We cut to the same alley from Terminator. <laughs> and it, it actually is. <laughs> it is the same alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So the Jamaicans drop Danny Glover off in the Terminator alley and he walks down the end where he is met by a man dressed like Captain Jack Sparrow. uh, That is, I guess, the head of the Jamaican drug gang. And he basically is like, you aren't giving me any information. I don't really have information for you. The only thing I can tell you is he's a fucking ghost. So good luck. I'm just going to keep rolling these bones. Um, so we get no new information here, really, except mm. that he is kind of invisible. When he gets out of that car, though, there's no way he's not high as shit. Oh, bro. That contact yeah. high is strong. Oh, yeah. He would be like, hey, before we go back to hunting the predator, can we go to like a Taco Bell or something? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like there's no way he would not be like super high. Well, and he gets out and he's like, you guys should cut back. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're drug dealers. <laughs> what do you mean? Cut back. Anyway, he leaves. He's like, well, I guess I'll go ghost hunting then. And as he leaves, the predator literally has been watching this whole interaction and jumps down and just kills that guy because he has a sword in his walking stick. Just like, that's my man. Yeah, maybe because he's kind of just obsessed with Danny Glover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one threatens my dude's life but me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody puts my Glover in the corner. <laughs> yep. I do love that kill though, because you see the guy pull out his like knife that's in his cane or whatever and start like yelling. Mm-hmm. And then you see his mouth open, but like the head is like detached and he's just carrying the head away. I, I was like, that, tra- that yeah. was such a, cool a wild transition. cut. It was a wild cut, but I was like, oh, I'm here for that death. Cause you don't really see it. He, he's just carrying him and yes. he's just like, yeah, yeah, it's so great. As the other predators are doing drugs on their ship, but they're like, oh, you don't like drugs, but there's drugs up there. You can kill all those people. We're not doing drugs out here. Wink. <laughs> wink it, wink it. Uh, <laughs> he does clean the skull and add it to his skull collection. And it's King Willie, I guess is the name of the character he just he just killed. Mm. And we do see him like mount the skull and kind of back up. We don't see the full skull collection until later, which is where we can see that there's a xenomorph up there and some yeah. other cool stuff. Yeah. So we cut to Danny Glover talking to bill paxton again and he's like there's something slippery about him and bill paxton's like yeah it turns out he's like a doctor we're not really sure how he got to be in the fed turns out he's not but they're talking to the medical examiner again and she's like the only thing that survived is a fragment of wood from the penthouse that has cattle blood and steroids so it must be the slaughterhouse and they're like that's where we lost him so i guess that's where we go back so earlier he says the like I guess Keys found what he was looking for. We got to go to the slaughterhouse. But then they don't go. And then here, they're like, oh, I guess we got to go to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> it's almost like they're out of order somehow. It, yeah. it is really bonkers. We cut from the medical examiner to daytime, I'm assuming the next day, where Danny Glover, for some reason, walks in front of a taxidermy store and then goes to the graveyard for Archuleta's funeral. Like, it's just a weird series of scenes that don't super connect, but apparently are all the same day. And I do want to note that there are enough taxidermy stores in Los Angeles that I have a favorite. So, like, wow, this is real to my Accurate. experience. So, he goes to the funeral, and the Predator's there watching, and, like, zeroes in on this kid with a fake like a fake semi-auto, which like, do you remember when kids' guns used to look like real guns? Real, yep. Yeah. Until that one kid got shot with an airsoft gun. Yeah, I remember. Yep. So he goes to Archuleta's grave and the predator like leaves him Archuleta's necklace hanging from a tree and he's just like, huh? 
and just aims in all directions, but the predator is gone. Of course. Oh, that yeah. scene. What was up with that? I don't know why they had the, the shot tracking the gun, but it's really just a gift because this predator is like so into him. He is. He's like, yeah. hey man, I didn't realize he was your friend. I'm so sorry. Here's a keepsake. I'm going to go get drunk. I always chalked up <laughs> predators as being like, oh God, amphibians. And they're not like, they don't have a grasp on emotions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They're just like cold-blooded killers, literally. So right. for him to be like, I'm going to leave this in, as a trinket to remind him, like it seems too com like weird for the Predator to do that. So we cut to the subway. We got to talk about the subway. Are they still on the subway from Danny when Danny Glover sent them out? Yes! Still like <laughs> because Holy fuck! Is, it's a correct movie. It's taking them three more hours it's to get there. It's taking hours to get there! It's an accurate depiction. Because he like calls them and tells them to go. Then he goes to the grave and then he like makes his way out there. Why would these police officers have police cars? I, I don't know. They wrecked them all in the first scene. That's what it is. They're all destroyed. Maybe he's like, I got a funeral to go to. I got to waylay them a bit. You should take the Metro. <laughs> Why wouldn't they go to the... It's not even a funeral. He just goes there by himself with the fake badge he made that says yeah. from Danny Glover on there and he leaves yeah, it at the grave. It's... Fun fact, Mikey, that badge is the same badge that Herschel Walker used. In the That's debate. what I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, we cut to the subway. They've been on the subway this whole time. I have some suspicions. This was either filmed at Universal Studios' backlot okay. or in San Francisco. I could not definitively find. I'm pretty sure it's the back lot. I think that's what it is. On the King Kong ride? Yes. The Universal Studios back lot uh, features an earthquake section. And it's modeled after Bay Area Rapid Transit. It's mod Bart. modeled after BART trains. Yeah. The, the trains in this movie are BART trains. Yeah. So much so that they forgot to cover up some of the logos. <laughs> and you can see later that they've covered it up just with MTA, which just I'm sure is just Metro Transit Authority or whatever. Yeah. But they didn't cover up. BART trains have a very distinctive like stripe pattern along the side. That's all still there. The interior is all BART. All of it. And that's the train I grew up with in 1997. So like that was like my BART that we used to ride all the time. And they like piece for piece replicated it on the back lot for the earthquake ride and i think that's just where they filmed this i think for like time or something they were like who's got a tunnel and a thing that looks like a train universal studios great and so i'm pretty sure it's just filmed on the back lot ride because that's what it looks like it's gotta be i would 100 believe that because it looks like it it also doesn't look like a real train well and here's what's crazy that's exactly what bart trains look like exactly Huh. I haven't been on a Barton in a while, but I remember hating it. I hate the Bart train of all the <laughs> public transit I've ever used. You know, I, I don't mind Bart so much. The actual LA Metro trains are a fucking terror scape. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, they're on the subway and this gang looks like Bruno Mars and his band during his like uptown <laughs> funk phase. Okay, yeah. Danny Glover does dress like Bruno Mars much of the film. Well, I mean, this gang does where they've got the like the satin shirts and the white shirts shorts and i was like what is this that mark ronson vibe yeah it's just like i didn't expect them to mug somebody so much as i expected them to just pull out saxophones and be like it's showtime <laughs> let's do it <laughs> i would have been here for that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but instead they try to mug a guy and he just pulls a gun and then the whole train pulls guns and i was mm -hmm. like this is los angeles not texas like what are we doing <laughs> But it's Los Angeles in 97. In 97, in a horror alternate universe 97. So 
Anyway, everyone has guns. The Predator somehow magically on top of the train. This movie does not do any establishment for how the Predator gets from place to place or why it chooses to be where it is. No. It just is wherever it is whenever they need it to be there. Of course. They just wanted to have a train fight scene and he just barrels through the fucking roof and it is like, I remember being like, why is he there? Yep. How fast is this train moving that he is suddenly jumping on top of it? It was so strange. Yep. And he just goes on a killing spree. Like, literally fucking everyone gets killed, but it's so dark, you can't see any of it. So you're just like, I guess this might be cool. If you compare this with the scene in Prey where he goes against all the trappers, that's so much more fun because you're seeing all of it and you just see none of it here. Yeah. Well, it's because the strobe light effect they're doing, you can't see anything. You don't don't know what's going on at all. You just see people dying occasionally. Right. It's like muzzle flashes and then passing by, like, light. And it's just like, it is a sensory nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. So they do manage to get the train to stop. And Leona gets out onto the next car. But then she comes back to try and see if Bill Paxton's still alive. He is not. He is hanging upside down. Very dead. Yeah. Uh, The predator grabs her and like holds her up by her neck and slashes her, but does not kill her. Because he zooms in on her stomach, and he's like, ooh, there's a baby in there. He says, it's a boy. (laughs) (laughs) Worst gender reveal ever. (laughs) He printed it out on his wrist thing and handed it to her so she could take the sonogram. The sonogram. (laughs) And he, like, handed it to her and said, shake. (laughs) You gotta shake the photo until it shows up. Mm. All right. Yeah. I imagine it would be more of, like, if the blood turned blue, it was a boy. If it turned pink, it was a girl. (laughs) Anyway. So Danny Glover arrives at the scene because he drove (laughs) while they took this really long train. Yeah, he's been there for a while. Right. And he finds out that Bill Paxton is dead, but Leona's still alive. And he runs basically down the empty track and he comes upon the predator ripping a head and spine out and then just running away with it. Okay, so yeah. Paige. Is this it? Is this This it? is the scene that if you were to round a corner and see a fucking seven foot five monster decapitating a thing, seeing you and then running away, it'd be like, the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> it's, it, I was like, that's fucking terrifying. But in this scene, it's so comical because Janie Glover's chasing him. He sees that. And he's just like, and then he keeps chasing after him. But who's chasing Danny Glover? Who's chasing Danny Glover? <laughs> well, in real life, that would be fucking terrifying. But yeah. in this movie, he you you kind of catch the tail end of it where he's got the head and the spine, and then the rest of the body drops, and it's just very clearly a dummy, like yeah. an obvious dummy. And then the way the predator runs away with the head and the spinal <laughs> column is so funny. But yes, if I came around a corner and saw someone disemboweled, yes, it would be terrifying. I'd lose my mind. Yeah, it would be sc- super scary. It was such a weird, weird shot. Like, honestly, like him pulling the thing and like you see the body slump down and then he sees Danny. He's like, uh oh, chase me. <laughs> oh, so no. weird. Because he's into him. It's like the predator was caught off guard by that and was like yeah. embarrassed that he was like without his cloak, like he was without clothes. Like he was naked was or something. So... Like, oh shit! Oh my! Oh, I think he saw me. He runs like yeah. somebody running from the shower to the bedroom to get a towel. Or something <laughs> yeah, like that. absolutely. It's such a strange scene. Uh, but Danny Glover chases him uh, up over a building, 
and past the hardcore news guy. Yeah. And he just punches the camera and knocks the guy out. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. He hops in his car, drives away through a garage and then up into an alley kind of following along the rooftops and crashes through a sheet metal door when he sees the predator underneath a Miller Light sign climbing a building. Pretty cool shot. Yeah, it is actually pretty cool. And as he's looking up, a giant box truck rams him, which is Gary Busey's people, and they just drag him away to the meatpacking district where they like put him in the back of a truck. Meanwhile, the predator climbs that skyscraper and screams with a spear as he gets electrocuted <laughs> while he's got the head and the spine hanging off his belt. It's so nuts, man. Yeah. It is crazy. So inside the truck, Gary Busey is finally like, it's a goddamn alien and we've been tracking its pheromones. And you're just like, why did we wait an hour and 20 minutes into this movie to explain this? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, we knew. We didn't need to be explained. I didn't know about the farts. There's a version of this film, had they not, like, had it not been a sequel, and they just didn't assume that everyone knew what the Predator was. Like, if they had built in the pacing like they had from the previous film, yes. it would have been way more scary. But it's, you know, you've seen the Predator from, like, minute five onward. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, and the first film is paced almost perfectly. Yes. And this is terribly paced. Like, there's a point in this movie where I was like, this movie is over, right? How is there 24 more minutes left in this? <laughs> This movie ended like five or six times for me. It felt very yes. like Return of the King to me. Yes. Uh, but so they explained that they've been tracking the Predator ever since the last movie, essentially, yeah. or, or the events of the last movie in South America. And they've tra tracked it through Cambodia and Iwo Jima. And they basically explained that he's hunting people. This is his jungle. Um, and his suit allows him to bend light. So it's kind of the perfect camouflage. And we want his tech. And we've waited to try and catch him. And we won't miss the chance. And he has developed a taste for beef. So that's why we've been like. This all comes at you pretty fast. And you're like, what? It's one line. It's basically Gary Busey has a paragraph of dialogue that he gets through. And then he's like, got it? Suit up. And his few takes as possible, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so yeah. Did, it, did they say this specific predator they've been tracking for that long? No. See, well, here's the thing. I think they think it's the specific predator. I don't think so, because they're like, it, it, they, they've been in Cambodia. They, they name all those places. Uh-huh. These are just sightings? Yes, but I don't think they realize there's more than one. I think they do because the first one died. Yeah. No, they don't know that it died. Yeah, they do because he tells him that he 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 explodes. Yeah. That's yeah. That's he, ex true. he tells him that the, it explodes himself. That's why Danny Glover cuts off his arm, and also why they don't have the body because the body's probably just gone to shit because it got blown up. Because he said when trapped, it blew itself up. Yeah. Well, when trapped, he says when trapped, it triggered a self destruct device. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I guess they must know that there's at least more than one, but I don't think they know there's multiples on Earth right now. Gotcha. No, they just think this is the only one here. But they're like one to capture one where they're like, they come here for safari. Right. And one of his cocaine fueled rages later on. Yep. So he then goes on to try and explain the trap where they have like, they know he sees an infrared. So they've like made all the meat radioactive and then they're going to spray him with liquid nitrogen to try and like, make it hard for him to see but then make him visible but then also freeze him it is a whole lot of explanation for something that doesn't make a ton of sense and also doesn't at all work 
Yeah. <laughs> no. Poison the beef. I like, I was sitting there and I was like, oh, this is why you always need a supervisor if you, even if you are a supervisor. Like, you just need to collaborate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna, this is the idea I'm thinking. We irradiate, irradiate, irradiate. There you go. The meatpacking plant, freeze it with liquid nitrogen, steal its technology, imprison it. Because I'll be like, we'll just poison the, the meat. And then he would pass out. Yeah. So instead of hiring like, Someone who like works at the feds and is like tracking aliens. We should have hired like someone who works at the zoo because it would have been a better like technique to just like put them to sleep and move them like they move sharks. Yeah. yeah. Well, they might have a different chemistry where things don't work as well, but you could probably kill something based on something. I mean, if it bleeds, we can kill it. So, yeah, yeah exactly. But arsenic might not hurt it. Like you, like you'd have to like you could put in all the poisons like that would have been a cool plot point. Yeah. yeah. Had we seen up until this point the predator bleed at all? Had we seen the the no, green? No, not in this movie. Okay. Not till Danny Glover shoots it with that shotgun. Right. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to them walking through the factory, and the scenes of them walking through this factory with all this dust and everything everywhere go on for ever yeah they do it is way too long and it is one of those things where they clearly paid a lot for this set piece and wanted to use it and so they just like shoot so much of them just like moving and where is the predator and he's over here and then finally yeah. the predator just attacks them and they're dead immediately well because yeah. he, he like filters through his different visions yeah which didn't he do that in the f- previous film or am I cr- no this is I think the first time this is the first time yeah Prey I think he might have yeah when he gets his helmet knocked off later he doesn't have like his red yeah vision he still has the infrared that he has in his helmet yeah maybe that's naturally how they see they they naturally see in like it's this red shit like you see the pov of the predator when arnold knocks his helmet off yeah okay or when he sorry when he doesn't knock it off he he takes it off willingly to even the playing field with arnold yeah and a a plot point of this one that they kind of subtly did and i was like why did they put this detail in if they didn't put this much detail in anything else the when he gets his mask knocked off he's got like a face mask to take breaths out of yeah he's got like an oxygen mask it's like he's got a scuba tank yeah that was that was weird because i don't think we've ever seen that on another one he just has the darth vader disease that specific one yeah he's got Mm -hmm. asthma yeah he's got asthma well that's actually his drug of choice yeah (laughs) laughing gas (laughs) <laughs> oh, I was going to say it was like inhaled corticosteroids. He's like, <laughs> shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's like helium. He's like breathing. Uh, in, so his voice is higher. Yeah. Anyway, so they all get killed immediately. We don't really get to see it. Uh, Danny Glover's like, I got to go out there. And the guy's like, go fuck yourself. And he's like, fuck yourself. <laughs> I was like, this dialogue, man, it's great. This took minutes to write, Paige. <laughs> Here's what's extra funny, too. He goes to his trunk to, like, get all his guns. He didn't drive there. They took him in the truck. Oh, they ran him <laughs> into his car. No, right. he was driving and they, there, and he ran into them at the place. No, in an alleyway. That truck hits him, they pull him out of his car and take him in that truck to a second location. Yeah, so Paige, they don't take him to a second location. He is just already by their already trailer. There? It's insane. Because That's like, madness. You see the truck cut off his car and like literally hit his car. Yeah. yeah. And in that shot, there's no other semi-truck around. And then they show a reverse shot of them 
grabbing him and pulling him out of the car and just dragging him into it so he was yeah. already there okay, but, okay. but then in that shot that's where the trailer shows up like it was not I, there before it's pretty shitty filmmaking but yeah. fine it's very shitty because why also why did they have to fucking slam his car they could have just drawn guns and surrounded his vehicle yeah. and just been like come with us and we'll explain everything yeah quietly too but instead they're like we don't want to make noise to surprise the predator <laughs> Yeah, I love that they're like, we don't want to surprise the predator because he comes here to feed. Well, not yeah. anymore. Now that you've crashed cars in front of him, like, well, they know he's not in this part of town because they have their Cento Vision TVs. Yeah, so they know where true. he is. Yeah, I guess. they got their fart, their fart cameras <laughs> set up everywhere. Yeah, they're all over town. He sees you when you're queefing. He knows when you eat beans. <laughs> anyway, so he gets fully strapped, shotgun, grenade launcher, everything. Uh, and he just goes into the factory uh, and he can't see him, but the predator just drops from above. Everyone's dead except Keys. Keys is still there, but kind of unconscious. Yeah. Uh, and gets blasted by... One of the weapons that the predator has, it just doesn't like kill him. It just kind of knocks him. It's his three. It's his three dots because yeah. he's aiming at him, and Danny Glover just doesn't go into that place. He blasts a hole in the wall to get into yes. it with his grenade launcher, like a man. Yeah, like a man. because fuck doorknobs. That's why. That's right. I can't wait till later in this movie when the predator Kool Aid man through an apartment <laughs> building, punches his way out of the bathroom and then the front door, and that old lady is like, okay. Again, horrifying. <laughs> Comical in that scene, but like in real life, horrifying. That's the best line of the movie when he's like, I'm police. I'm, where'd he go? And she's, and she's like, like that I don't way. think he cares. No, she goes, I don't think he gives a fuck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so he's a struggling with the lights because that's what the predator is seeing is the lights. Um, Danny Glover runs in with a grenade launcher, blows the place open. And Keys gets kind of blasted back because he wasn't ready for it, but he's still okay. Yeah, he gets blown up, but you I mean, we find out like in three minutes he's fine. Yeah. Danny Glover chases the Predator through the factory, but he's shooting like a fucking stormtrooper. He can't hit shit. Yeah, Danny, uh, get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, he reloads. He runs down a gauntlet of like hanging meat that is the fakest looking meat on earth. Yeah. Which, by the way, real meat, probably cheaper. <laughs> Well, yeah, but they couldn't make the real meat split like they needed the fake right. meat too. When he throws that like like circular saw or whatever yeah, that I think is, it's yeah. Cool. Yep. it is pretty cool. But I don't know what to call it. Death frisbee. It's a frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the death frisbee. Yeah. So he runs down the meat gauntlet, turns and fires, and the same time the predator fires, but he's got a bulletproof. The Danny Glover has a bulletproof vest, so he pulls the vest off. The predator tries to stab him, and he ends up shooting him a bunch of times with the shotgun, yeah. knocking the predator down. Which is how we get to see that the predator is kind of a thick king. Oh. He, he doing leg day. This predator like looks emotionally hurt that Danny Glover shot him. He was like, <laughs> I have this whole movie been trying to get closer to you in a very <laughs> yes. sweet way. I even gave you a keepsake from your dead friend, and this is how you repay me. Yep. It's very, it's very like incel behavior. Like if the predator yeah. was an incel that was obsessed with uh, Danny Glover, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing: predators feel like they're entitled to Danny Glover, yeah, yeah. just because that's what you know society has promised them over time. <laughs> Their society. Their society. Yeah. Uh, he goes and takes the predator's mask off, and we see all the mandibles and everything. And he says, "Man, you are one ugly mother, just like Arnold." And the the predator reaches up and chokes him and just says, motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the predator grabs his grenade launcher, like his gun, 
and just smashes it on the floor into multiple pieces. Yeah. Can't have that. Yeah. When it cracks like plastic, I'm just like, what? Well, I mean, Paige, it is plastic. Anyway, at this point, we get like a close-up of the predator's face, at which point I even have in my notes, wow, this seems more vaginal than previous. Yeah, I just it's... had a uh, epiphany. Oh. What is that? They're at a bachelor party, this predator thinks that Danny Glover is a stripper and is trying to get him back to the ship. <laughs> and that's why his friends are like, we always knew he'd be killed by a stripper. <laughs> Just like the prophecy foretold, Mikey. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, as he's advancing on Danny Glover, who should pop out but Gary Busey, who basically is like, this is between me and him and shoots him with the you know liquid nitrogen stuff. And of course, the Predator's just like, oh, I don't give a shit, throws the death frisbee, slices all the meat, and we just see Gary Busey's body drop no, just with legs. his head out of frames. Yeah, like just, or his like torso and legs, and then just a bucket of blood. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, a hilariously bad death. I kind of love it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Danny Glover takes this chance to run. He gets to the roof. And at this point, I'm like, how is there 24 minutes of this movie left yeah like how is this not the end uh but this is where we see the predator use the oxygen mask this is just the start of their duel yeah and he throws his predator spear and ruins a perfectly good air conditioning unit and those are expensive (laughs) Uh, danny glover grabs the spear and uses it instead of just stabbing him with it shoves him off the roof yeah you would think you'd stab him with it but he doesn't no you would and instead danny glover lands on a ledge with the predator holding on to him and that slicing disc basically in the building yeah and that's what's kind of holding him up yeah and he just says pussy face it's your move yeah so somebody like calls out the vaginality Mm-hmm. Vaginality works. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah the vul vul vulvagarity of the mouth. Vulvagarity. Okay. okay. <laughs> but the predator just says shit happens, and he lets go of the disc to try and self destruct his yes. wrist thing. Uh huh. And so Danny Glover reaches for the slicing disc, slices his arm off, and the predator falls down with his feet kind of grabbing at the walls because he has Todd feet all the way down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And and you know what, Paige? They save his life. It's true because he does crash into that lady's bathroom and no one notices. Like if something crashed through the wall of your house, you'd hear it. <laughs> Was the implication that she's like old and hard yeah. of hearing? So I uh-huh. guess. And they had the TV loud too. But I that, that being said, like there's the shots of her like hearing him healing himself and she's yeah. like what is going on? She heard that, but not the crash through the wall. Yeah. yeah. Is that ecto cooler I hear being poured <laughs> in the bathroom? Well, Danny Glover grabs the disc and basically shimmies down a pipe, mm-hmm. basically toward where the predator fell. And the predator, meanwhile, in the bathroom, gets out his toiletries and starts making ecto jello to cauterize his wounds. Why the ceramic and ground up shit? Like he I just literally. Know whatever that has bothered me since childhood i was like I is the yeah the blue stuff is a reactant with any matter that you put in there and boil it together it just becomes uh-huh. more stuff i don't know i do like that he has like a stove top on the go yes he i does. want one of those i feel yeah. like i could use that i have one in my garage it's not nearly as compact but yeah i could still do the same thing i guess it just bothered me because it wasn't like there was no science or cleverness behind it like if they were in the writer's room they were just like ah, he grabs some shit off the wall and then throws it into this goop you know yeah, was, p- then yeah. pour some blue liquid on it and then it cauterizes his wound okay cool here's the thing 
if he hadn't grabbed anything and just poured stuff that he already had in there, I wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, I would have been perfectly fine with that. It, the the tile, the ground up tile, is what bothered me the most. Yeah, it's it's odd for sure. It is. So he cauterizes his wound, and then this is where the old lady's like, "I hear someone in the bathroom," and in the bathroom we hear him screaming from the cauterization, which she should have heard. But then also injecting himself with a syringe because of the sh- gunshot wounds. And then he sees Danny Glover about to basically run after him into the bathroom, like from across that other building. And so the predator just Kool-Aid mans through the house. He doesn't open the door. He just goes through it and then out into the hallway, into another like hallway and just gone. Yeah. And this is where it's so great. Danny Glover runs in. He's like, I'm a cop. And what the old lady says is just, I don't think he gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah. What it's she great. Says. And he doesn't. The thing that bothers me about this predator is he's, He's running from Danny Glover so much. Yeah. Like, like the other Predator and Predator one did not run away from shit. He's going to take my skull. Uh, he's already down an arm. Like, yeah. he's not a good Predator. Yeah. No, and he runs to an elevator shaft and jumps down. Danny Glover follow, follows him and is like hanging below the elevator as it lowers, but ends up dropping and then drops through a hole at the bottom, which then drops him down onto a spaceship and he lands on the evil death frisbee and somehow doesn't cut himself. I don't know how that happened, but you got to turn it on first. And I do love that he knows how to use it because he uses that to stab the predator later. So like he just knows how to use this death frisbee, I guess. Anyway, so he finds a predator ship and instead of being like, holy shit, there's a whole ship down here. I should run. He's like, I'm going in that ship. I know. He just goes in it by himself. He's like, I don't need backup. They have all the dry ice that I've ever seen in the world creating the smoke. <laughs> and it's just like those like pillars like from Fifth Element, but with just a ton of fog around it. Yeah, it's a terrarium. We do get to see the display of skulls, including a xenomorph, yeah. which is very cool. Fascinating. And one of them might be a dinosaur. Yeah, it looked like a T-Rex to me. Yeah. He immediately gets pinned to the wall with a net, but he cuts through the net with a slicing disc. Yeah. And then he and the predator go at it hand to one hand uh, and he gets him across the abdomen with the claws. But then he just discs him in the torso. Yeah. And he just says, that's right, asshole. Shit happens. (laughs) So good. So the predator falls dead and the mandibles are still moving. But no, he is dead. But then we see three more dots appear. And then there's three more predators and two more and another two and like a whole army of predators. Yeah. And he just goes, all right, who's next? I love that line. (laughs) So dope. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Fucking badass. They carry the dead predator away and they start to recloak. And in my mind, I read this as you're the superior hunter. You win. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And this is where he hands him the gun that we saw from the first Predator film or, well, Prey, Prey. which canonically like takes place first. Raphael Adelini, 1715. The last Predator walks away and the ship starts to take off. So he runs and makes it out of the ship as it takes off, but wakes up in a pile of like ash from the ship. Well, because it was the 90s and they, I guess, just assumed that they would have the same rocket technology that we did at the time. (laughs) So it needs like that huge burst of fire to like get air take off yeah to take off there was a part of me that was like how did he not just immediately fry like i don't know i mean we do see him running and then their engines kick on and he like just takes flight and falls like seven feet in the air it's so crazy it's crazy but he gets up out of the giant ditch from where the ship flew away just as the helicopter from gary Busey's people lands well it's his second in command the dude from chuck 
if you watch right. that show. It's Stephen Baldwin, I think. Or no. Adam Baldwin. No, it's the other Baldwin. Yeah, it's Adam. So uh, the sirens are showing up in the distance, and, and the guy from the helicopter is like, we came so close. Fuck. And he just goes, <laughs> assholes, you'll get another chance. And then the helicopter lifts off, and, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Predator 2? No notes. <laughs> if I had to rank it in the other in the order of the other Predator films, I think this one would probably come fourth. Okay. With just the Predator behind it? No, so it'd be Predator, Prey, very close though. Yeah. Uh Predators, Predator 2, Alien versus Predator, and then like who fucking cares about AVP or Requiem in The Predator. That's where it would fall. It's fine. It's fun. It's a stupid 90s movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's sort of how I feel about it. Is it a great movie? No. Is it a good movie? No. Is it fun to watch? Yeah, most of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say I really didn't like it. And then when I started reading fun facts about what it was supposed to be, then I extra didn't like it. I was like, <laughs> oh, this could have been cool. <laughs> but It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mikey's like, who's the best movie of my life? No, no. no. <laughs> I, I do like it better than Predators. And I like it. I like it better than most of those sequels. Mm. It's my third favorite of the sequels we've done because we've done a ton of sequels of classic properties. What's your favorite sequel that we have done? Terminator Two. Oh, we haven't done that one. Sorry, but that's the Terminator best sequel. Two. Yeah, Terminator Two is pretty good. Yeah, I was thinking of the ones we had done. I had a lot of fun on Tur- on uh, Texas Chainsaw Two. Yes, because it was fun with that. bonkers. Uh, Nightmare Two though. Dude, Nightmare 2 is Nightmare the best Nightmare. Two was I love so that one. Good. Yeah. The bird explodes. That's great. It's crazy. But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Yes. Predator, Predator fun, fun facts. facts. Tell me where this went wrong. Oh, so many places. So uh in 2020, Stephen Hopkins gave some interviews about the making of this film. So that's where a lot of this comes from. Okay. Uh, he met with Steven Seagal for the lead role. Oh, oh my God. God. And part of the reason <laughs> they didn't go with him is because Steven Seagal wanted to rewrite the entire script oh God. so that he could play a CIA psychiatrist who knew martial arts versus the Predator. Steven Seagal sucks so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, Steven Seagal's the worst. It's a horrible person. Alleged wife beater as well. Just oh, just not a... alleged. Very much did it. Oh, yeah. yeah. All around dog shit guy. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also mentioned that they really kind of envisioned the main character more as an average Joe kind of character. So they went to Patrick Swayze after he had done Roadhouse. Oh, Patrick Swayze would have been so good. That would have also been pretty That's good. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Now, you might be asking yourself, why not Arnold Schwarzenegger? Well, there's a few different stories about what may have happened. A lot of people claimed that it was a dispute over money. The producer, John Davis, said that it was over an additional $250,000, which the studio refused to pay him, which is madness because this is 1990. Peak Schwarzenegger career. Peak Schwarzenegger. Like, of course you pay him that money. Um, but Stephen Hopkins has said that he refused the role because he didn't like the script and he didn't want to postpone filming of Kindergarten Cop, which filmed the same time this did. And he said that he was kind of relieved because if Arnold had been in the movie, they would have had to massively rewrite the script. Yeah. I think maybe they should have. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Um, the original plot. <laughs> I think if the star of the original movie won't come back because the script's not good, you probably should rewrite the script either way. Yeah. yeah I'll get to the original plot a little bit later because okay. I have some notes about what it would have been with Arnold. But one of the toughest scenes for them to film were the scenes in the alley, which again is the Terminator alley. Um, 
By the time they were filming in 1990, the neighborhood was extremely dangerous and the alley was littered with garbage that they just left in instead of dressing the set. Nice. So that's just how that alley looked. But the problem was there was a huge rat problem. In fact, rats so large that they were the size of small cats. Just oh, like, God. Wow. Like kitten-sized rats. Oh, no. And local residents who lived in the buildings on either side, because they were apartment buildings, were really upset with the noise from filming Just at shut night. the fuck up. Just yelling at yes. them, blowing <laughs> tanks. tanks. And they started throwing bottles and bags of poop oh, down into the alley God. on them as they were filming, which is super dangerous. But worst of all, as they were filming and trying to set up rigging for the lights, they found a dead body. What? Oh, fuck. Yes. Love it. And so one of their, one of their producers has said, it was the most horrible place we've ever had to film in the alleys of downtown Los Angeles. Uh, and it was shot in those alleys. So... Jesus. There you go. Dude. So did that delay production for a day? It did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you find a dead body, that's you are shut down for a day minimum. And you yeah. probably have to find a new alley. And they only shot for four weeks. Like, yeah, <laughs> they didn't have time to spare. I bet they were like, just hide it under trash. We got to get through a few takes before we can report this thing. <laughs> Would not be surprised. When they went to go cast all of the other predators on the ship, they needed a bunch of people who were over seven feet tall. One of the only places to find those reliably in Los Angeles was to cast the current L.A. Lakers at the time. Hell yeah. Wait, really? They're, okay. Yes. <laughs> Mikey's fun fact. There is a YouTube video of Danny Glover and the Predators doing Thriller. I've seen that. Yeah. It's fucking great. And it's on the set. It's on the ship set. And, yeah. and it's like the smoke machines are going off and everything. It looks like a legit music video. Yeah. Yep, and those are some of the L.A. Lakers at the time. That's I awesome. bet they were pretty cool with working with Danny Glover. I bet I'm that sure. that was a fun day on set. I believe I it. I think they were in the playoffs, too. They were like really, he was like really into it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So Stephen Hopkins, the director of this movie, was given the task of directing Predator 2 because the original director of Predator 1 had since made Die Hard and now had a price tag of $2 million. John McTiernan? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so they couldn't afford him. So they gave it to Stephen Hopkins because they were impressed with his directing of Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, which we have not done yet. That's the next one on our nightmare list. Oh, Can't wow. wait. But they gave him only four weeks to shoot and four weeks to edit. So he had to oh shoot on God. one stage while the crew dressed the other. So they shot Man. continuously for four weeks. The spear weapon that was used in the film disappeared and was reported stolen and has never been recovered. Cool. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Danny Glover's got it. Yeah, I was about to say Danny Glover's got it in his garage. Yep. Yeah. Some of the people who wore the Predator suit for the main city hunter Predator, namely Kevin Peter Hall, studied African tribal dances to practice flexibility as the Predator in this movie. Okay. I don't know that it really shows on the screen, but they said they did. So some of the Predator's sounds were recycled from Tremors. Okay. Which came out the same year, but because post-production on this was so compacted, they borrowed some of Tremors' post-production sound. Oh, Yeesh. God. I love Reba McIntyre's Tremors. It also <laughs> tracks that yeah. Alan Silvestri legitimately just reused stuff and didn't write original music. Yeah, they didn't have time. Yeah, nope. it's pretty copy-paste. And it's still a great soundtrack, but... Because it was a great yeah. soundtrack the first time. That's why it's a great absolutely. soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So the original storyline was supposed to take place in New York City, uh, but they quickly changed it to Los Angeles because they could not afford New York City. Uh, hence that scene uh, on top of a skyscraper. Uh when the Predator's arm gets sliced off, they actually changed who was in the suit. And from that point forward in the movie, 
that predator is played in wide shots by a one-armed stuntman that okay. actually has an arm missing at that same point. Okay, okay. cool. He was later arrested for a murder. Right. I'm sorry. What? That guy was? No, it's just he's making a fugitive. Oh, joke okay. I was about to say, did Han Solo know where he is? I think he's looking for him. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. That's my favorite line of that movie. He's like, I don't give a shit. Apparently, it's an ad lib. Yeah, I've heard that. So, the head drug kingpin in this movie, King Willie, is supposed to. Uh, basically be practicing voodoo. However, that's the dumbest name. It is. And voodoo is not commonly practiced in Jamaica. It actually is practiced in Haiti or more often comes from Haiti. King Willie is more likely to be Rastafarian, which is a common religion in Jamaica and would explain both the dreadlocks and the fact that he calls Danny Glover Babylon, which is a Rastafarian term for the justice system because they're seen as oppressive and corrupt. But Rastafarianism doesn't have like bloody rituals or anything. (laughs) Yeah, it's a whole modge podge of weirdness. The backstory around Arnold Schwarzenegger and the character of Anna from the original movie Mm -hmm. is that Keyes, Gary Busey's character, had learned about Dutch's encounter with the Predator and tracked him down to a hospital where Dutch was being treated for radiation sickness thought to be the result of exposure to the Predator's self-destruct device. After hearing his account of the events, he and the OWLF is the name of their secret thing okay owls uh they're sent to the jungle to investigate and they study the site where the predator detonated the device and they find evidence of a spaceship launch so they think that the predator ship was in the jungle and took off on its own to return dutch later escapes from the hospital and vanishes but keys believes that he's still alive further elpedia carrillo who played anna in the first film is listed as being in this film but you don't see her in the film Her only visible presence in this film is a shot in that box truck. They're watching it on a screen. Yeah, they have it on the TV. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like an interrogation. Yeah, it's a scene that she filmed where Gary Busey's character gets her side of the story. So he describes how the creature activated the self-destruct device and talks to her about the events of the first film. Remember that she escapes before that self-destruct device, so she is not sick with radiation sickness. So that's kind of how they explain how Gary Busey knows everything, but Mm. all of that gets cut from the film. It was implied to me. Yeah. Yeah, I got that, yeah. So because even with the shorter shooting schedule, Stan Winston actually had more time to work on the Predator design for this movie than the original. If you remember from the original, they had a rejected design. Allegedly, Jean-Claude Van Damme was hired for a brief period of time. Yeah, it, was it looked a whole like a praying mantis. Yeah. yeah. So this movie, they set time aside to develop more exotic weapons, the spear, the pinchers, the smart disc, and the net to try and different, differentiate this film from the first one. But that sets the tone for basically all the Predator's weapons moving forward from this movie. Cool. The final predator that gives him the gun is known as the Elder Predator in the actual script. Uh, They have different armor pieces, and most of them are actually recycled from the original Predator's outfit and modified with foam latex appliances to look slightly different. But the implication being that it is an older Predator in line with the Predator that we have seen before. And it is played by Kevin Peter Hall, who, prior to the arm loss, played the other Predator, and then plays this Predator. Yeah. So Reuben Blades was giving a television interview to Good Morning America on 
the set of the movie. And during the interview, Stephen Hopkins didn't realize the interview was going on, walked on camera and was like, get the fuck back to work. We're on a production deadline. (laughs) And it was so embarrassing that they had to give a second interview a few days later to apologize for it. Yep. Is there is there a record of that? Yeah, is there a clip of I that? I want to see it. I could not find a clip of it. There has to be one somewhere. That rules. Yeah. John Lithgow was their original choice instead of Gary <laughs> Busey, but they couldn't get him. Weird. That would have been extra weird, but I kind of like it. I John Lithgow is like kind of a pseudo bad guy. What was it? What was that Stallone movie where he's like climbing? Cliffhanger. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's bad guy in that, and it's just weird. Well, and Buckaroo Banzai be on the eighth dimension. There, there may have been a time where I've seen every 90s action film ever made. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, Stan Winston's team created all the additional skulls for the Predator trophy room, and most of them were just unnamed alien species that they made up. However, because the Alien vs. Predator comic already existed, they decided to include a xenomorph skull as a nod to it, not realizing that someday Alien vs. Predator would actually be made. And that was actually sculpted by artist Kevin Hudson. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let me hit you with some box office. So what do you think the production budget was for Predator 2 back in 1990? $18 million. Okay. I know that they wanted to try and keep the budget the same as the 1980 shoot. I'm going to say 12 Okay. Blaine, do you have a guess? Going to go with 15, right in the, right in the middle. Okay. 15 mil. The production budget for the second Predator movie was $35 million. Oh, mm-hmm. all of ours combined. Mm-hmm. The budget for the first one was $18 million. So, Mikey, I think you said that. Mm-hmm. $18 million was the first budget. So if you adjust that for inflation, this $35 million movie that filmed in 1990 would cost around $80 million, technically $79.4 million today. Now, mm. the movie premiered on November 23rd, 1990. It was fourth in the theaters. It was beat by Home Alone. It was Home Alone's second week. Uh, Number two was Three Men and a Little Lady. Number three was Dances with Wolves. Number four is Predator 2. And number five was Rocky Five. But what do you think it made in its opening weekend, that being Predator 2? Nine million? Okay. I can see like three. Three mil. Okay. I'm going to go six. I'm going to go in the mil- in, in the middle and also reveal that I found out about Creed 3 the other day, and I'm very excited about it. Bro, okay. oh my God. They look huge in that. I am so excited. Yeah, I am stoked. <laughs> so, Mikey, you were the closest. It made $8.7 million in its first weekend out, um, and it was in the theaters for a total of 12 weeks. So it ran from, like, November 23rd till January 18th of 91. I think it is absurd that this was a holiday release. Why was it not a summer blockbuster? It just it has all the pieces to be a summer blockbuster. It's, yeah, it it feels to me like they dumped it because they didn't really think it was going to do very well. And I think they were right. What do you think yeah. the uh, total domestic box office was for Predator 2? I bet mm. they broke even at 36. Okay. That sounds pretty good. I'm going to go a little bit higher, like 40. Okay. I'm going to go 42, oddly enough. Yeah. The total domestic box office was $28.3 million. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. So oh, it my made God. way less than its budget in the domestic, but it made $26.4 million in the international box office for a total of 54 million. Point seven million dollars, so a little bit more than budget, but still not 
to X its budget. So it may yeah. not have made its budget back if you include in things like marketing and stuff like that. Uh, I'm sure it's made money over time because, you know, the rights have been sold so many times for TV purposes and also like DVD and Blu-ray sales, that kind of stuff. So I'm sure it's made money. But if you adjust the box office performance for, you know, from 1992 to 2022, that would be $124.3 million. Explains why we didn't get another one for like another what 14 15 years yeah, something it was like a that while. yeah but it did not do very well in theaters but that is your box office so mikey do you want to hit him with that scary scale yeah scary scale listeners a scale of one to ten of how scary we found the film we watched it today our one example is ghostbusters and our 10 example is texas chainsaw massacre blaine you can go first i gave it a, i was gonna say like a two two and a half but i'm gonna give it a three just because that subway scene where the predator oh. rips the guy's skull out and then goes oh and then runs away it's pretty gory. I feel like if I saw this as a kid, I'd, I'd be pretty scared. When I saw it as a kid, I was scared. Uh, Paige. I mean, I didn't have the benefit of seeing this as a child, so it's a one for me. Yeah. Todd. I'm going to give it a two because there's that body reveal, the legend of hidden, the legends of the hidden temple uh-huh. uh, apartment that like actually did sort of jump scare me. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to give it a one because I've seen this movie a lot. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's our scary scale. Hooray. So Blaine. Thank you so much for joining us on another yeah. episode of the Horror Virgin where you are coming through as the Predator expert. We love it. But of Thank course. You. Yeah. Always glad to be you guys' Predator expert. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you got to make sure you finish the, the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for having me back on. Do you have anything you want to plug while you're here? <laughs> uh, yeah, Squad Team Force. That's my uh, that's my little content crew that we're, we're, we work on stuff like Tales from Stinky Dragon and some other productions. Hit us up, please. We, we need a paycheck. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Blaine. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So this week, you guys made me watch Predator 2. What are you guys making me watch next week? Well, next week is Halloween Ends. <gasps> oh, we're finally doing it. I know we talked about it at the beginning of the month. I didn't know what week we were doing it. So It's the last week of the month. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That makes It'll sense. It'll be the 31st when it comes out, when this episode comes out. Oh, yep. that's right. Well, awesome. So your homework for next week is to watch Halloween Ends, which I'm sure all of you have because- there have been some very hot takes on Twitter and in like the Facebook oh, yeah. groups and stuff about Quite that movie specifically. So I honestly, I've been avoiding them. I, I haven't had anything spoiled for me. I'm looking forward to finishing the series, question mark. We'll find out next week on another episode of The Horror Virgin. Yay. Yay. I like how you ended that. Yeah, thank you. That's how I end the Patrioticals. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, I don't well while you're looking one up let me tell them how they can have their review run the podcast and then us to leave us a five-star text review and we'll have mikey read it for you so mikey whose review are you gonna do this week brandy axe has a review entitled she's brandy with an axe emoji which i didn't know they allowed but i'm here for it yeah it sounds great the limbs are the wings of people is the title or <laughs> title of her review oh, which i believe is a, i believe i said that yeah okay i think that is a quote that you said literally this is literally my favorite podcast. Oh, wow. Nice. And they are so active in their Facebook group. They always respond to my messages in the group if they can and in the Patreon. We are pretty active in the groups. That is true. I'll never have enough good stuff to say. I always have a good time listening to them. Todd, Mikey, and Paige are also a big reason that people at my job probably think I'm insane. <laughs> <laughs> Always giggling to myself while working, 
when listening to this podcast. I've gotten all of my friends and coworkers hooked. Oh, nice. Thank you. It's also your fault that I've asked all my friends what they would do if they had a Lynn coming off at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it at my office the other day. That's yeah. so funny. Uh, you guys are awesome. Five stars. Well, Brandy Axe Emoji, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want Mikey to read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including today. TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the mm-hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager's been driving her crazy, so how has Tia's teenager been driving her crazy this week? She joined that Jamaican voodoo gang. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Now she's got to cut out hearts and stuff. I guess that checks out. So this episode also brought to you by Jonathan, and Jonathan normally regales us with scary spider videos, but this time he sent us a TikTok where someone has redone a bunch of like famous book covers from your childhood and changed them to certain things. I wish I knew what the original was like this one where the woman is like playing the piano and all the kids are like running around and it says fucking shit up in the pit. Like that seems funny, but I want to know what the original book title was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's one of Big Bird holding flowers that says these are for your mom. Tell her to go get tested. <laughs> yes. Oh, I actually did read Clifford takes a shit like that's a good book because <laughs> they talk about like how much waste that dog actually makes. because He's huge. Yeah, he's a massive, massive dog. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for giving us a break from the Spooky Spider videos and uh, showing us some uh, funny redone book titles. We now return you to another episode of uh, The The Patreonicals. Patreonicals. 
All right, we're quantum leaping in. Yeah. What time period are we going to? We are leaving 1880s London, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to go to Chicago. We already went to Chicago in the 20s. You sent us there. You sent us back to Chicago? Sending us back to Chicago. It was 1920 before. Now it's 1893. Oh, it's the World Fair. Yes. Okay. I did not know the date. I was like, I don't know shit about Chicago, but I do now. (laughs) You know what I learned when I was in Chicago this past week? I'm not even joking. Every building has a circular door at the front of it. That is like a Chicago thing. I've never seen as many revolving doors as I have in Chicago. Come over to my place. (laughs) Gross. All right. Chicago World's Fair, 1893. Yeah. There's an exhibit. Our people have come in and Chicago is the hit of the town. Scott, made of thing, is chained up, and people are gawking at him at the World's Fair. They're getting their gawk on. Yeah. Set up in front of him is Cody uh, with his pawn shop selling souvenirs about Scott's thing stuff. Because uh, they're <laughs> they're actually in on it, and they're in exhibit. So Isaac is sitting there eating corpses. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Kate is hovering and doing psychic stuff. You know, like Kate does. Karun is a is a... Blue alien, so he just stands there as well. Holy shit, I forgot he's been blue this entire time. (laughs) (laughs) But he's got like a top hat because he's in the Victorian era. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. That they everyone's okay that he's blue because he has a top hat. Um, there's one exhibit that's just the moon, Danielle and I wish I put them on my list at the same part, but they're on different parts. That's a Inside baseball kind of thing. Don't you just wish you could edit lists? Mm-hmm. I don't know how. You know, I mean, like, yeah, I'm not an editor. You're the editor. <laughs> uh, Danielle and Aaron, they're together. And uh, Libby and their Munn children are all around Wes in his Voldemort-esque body as he crawls away. And he's trying to get out. <laughs> he's not having a good life. But people are really tipping well with that, uh, that thing. Dreskel and Amy... Because she's an astronaut, they've teamed up to do some sort of electric Tesla-like coil thing. Okay, and, like people are, are super impressed. Yeah, and they're making tons of Victorian area change or whatever. Because like a penny is like worth two dollars or whatever. Yeah, back then they didn't make it rain; they would make it hail because they'd be throwing coins at you. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Nathan, the professional <laughs> professional wrestler, is like strongmanning it out, you know, and he's he's getting up. hit in the stomach with a cannonball. Yeah. And he's also hurting, holding up Amy the mermaid. It's Allie the mermaid, Mikey. Allie is the mermaid. Allie is the mermaid. It's correct. Yeah. That was a test. I, yeah. That I, was a test. You passed. I, I did pass. I'm very, very happy that I passed the test. He's doing shoulder presses with it. Yeah. But in the background, Uh-oh. something sinister is happening. Dave and Bo Easy, the Florida man. Well, also, Alex is doing his magic because this is actually pretty much where he comes from. You know, he's just doing his sleight of hand stuff. He's pretty lame, but it's fine. Paige is super in a sleight of hand, though. Yeah. Yeah. Paige is all, yeah, it's all into it. Uh, and then Lauren, the cave woman, also is with Nathan doing strongman things, but she's got the big cave thing. The big limb club is the word. The I'm wooden for. club. Yes. Club. Yes. Yeah. Mikey, I definitely think you've gotten worse at doing the Patreonicals. I know. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm worse. I think I'm better. Okay. I think your perception is worse. That's what it is. It's a problem with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Okay, Mr. Ragebomb. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to cough. Right, Mr. Mr. Ragebomb, Bo Easy, and Shining Donut. They're like, hey, we gotta get the fuck out of this time quantum leaf shit. Yeah, and uh, Shining Donut's like, look, Mr. Ragebomb, get inside me. You can. I'm sorry. What? You can blow up inside. I'm gonna get us close to Anthony, the Time Master, and Jennifer with a PH, that traitorous person who is working for him but they're like how are we gonna do that and uh they're like oh i know i know what we'll do go get hh holmes so they do that okay yeah and he's like yo my real name is vance hh holmes's real name was vance (laughs) yeah that's how they never caught him i bet he goes on to invent refrigerators and he's like they're like look we're traveling through time we need you to kill some people we know you're like the best killer around he's like done we need you to sneak this donut man to these two dudes well one's also jennifer with a ph so it's just two people <laughs> i messed that part up right in the narration right so anyway he does he sneaks him in and he's like pulls out his knives or whatever and he's like charges and the don't shiny donuts like that's not what we're here for we're here to blow up and then he he starts to blow up and they all quantum leap away including vance hh Holmes. all right so they take hh Holmes with them slash vance yeah all right well, I guess we'll have to find out what else happens on another episode of uh, The, the Patrioticals. That's going to be it for us, you guys, and Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. I'm getting too old for this shit, nerds. <laughs>